Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. Ah, uh, yes, indeed. So you heard uh, Kira talking about whether or not it'll be a white Christmas, more likely to be a wetter Christmas. So maybe somewhere in the middle between the snow and the rain will be a thing called sleet. We will have to wait and see with the papers this morning, of course, are wondering whether or not we will have it. And you can continue to dream of a white Christmas. Keep hoping, uh, but it, it seems less and less more likely as the days go on. Anybody see that video footage of the most extraordinarily uh, extraordinary um, incident up in Bear County, Offaly. Now, it was a car that ploughed into a crowd of people outside a chip shop in the early hours of yesterday morning. Now, it makes the front pages some of the red tops, like I'm reading it with photographs, still, still some video from the mirror, because, you know, where anything happens, that somebody will have the old phone out and they're filming it. But there was about 10 people injured. Now, a fellow's been arrested, a male teenager has been arrested on suspicion of drink driving, um, and we'll have to see what happens there. But it was absolutely horrendous. But it was amazing to see people People come to the aid of one of the injured people and literally um, lift the car because he was trapped underneath the car and people were screaming and people were crying as the car ploughed into Christmas revelers. Um, and that's a story that makes the red tops today. But of course, with all of the changes from today, from eight o'clock today, uh, God only knows where we'll be uh, this time next month, but we shall have to see. But unfortunately, it's fairly doomy, gloomy uh, paper-wise with the 8pm curfew kicking in until the end of January. Um, it's fair to say now and all of the newspapers are saying it this morning because we have politicians backing it up saying thousands will lose their jobs and obviously will need to be supported. Omicron is the dominant strain of the virus now like for instance it's not Santa Claus is coming to town on the sun today, it's Omicron is coming to town uh, and it is accounting for more and more cases and more and more people are coming down with it. So that's the world we live in lads. The dominant Omicron is provoking uh, COVID cost concerns according to the front of the mail today. Like, uh, they're all, papers are always looking for an angle, and they're saying that the cost now of giving support to finances by people who will be inhibited by Omicron and job losses and trying to roll out jabs and vaccinations is going to be the same as the cost of a children's hospital being built every fortnight. I mean, that's, that's an astonishing uh, financial number when you put it in terms like that. Just over 5,000 confirmed cases of new COVID-19 yesterday. I thought it was and fears that now they're going to change. They're going to change the rules when it comes to uh, close contacts and this will be the difference between those who've got the jab and those that haven't got the jab. For instance, uh, they're saying in the papers this morning in The Independent, you're probably aware of it, uh, that... Um, that anyone who is a close contact of a confirmed case has to restrict movements for five days, even if they've received a booster, um, and 10 days if they haven't. And the big problem on top of all of that really will be uh, the amount of uh, frontline services uh, as Omicron spreads rapidly because undoubtedly those within medical settings will also contract it and they'll be um, you know isolating for the five days or, or indeed the ten days more likely to be the five days I suppose and then you'll have guard stations that are going to be hit uh, fire services factories warehouses all sorts of things that we need to keep the economy rolling so unfortunately I hate to be the doom and gloom merchant but there are your papers this morning big queues at City Hall then across the weekend uh, no surprise there with people queuing up for their jobs and that's a front page of the mix the uh, the Echo today and the papers also talk of, um, you know, airports are nowhere like they would have been un- under normal circumstances. I mean, a bit like bit like last year, you're just not seeing that kind of traffic coming through for Christmas. But people are coming through uh, and coming home. Undoubtedly, in the mirror says Cork Airport was also set for its busiest day of the festive period. Uh, but you're only talking about 4,000 passengers going through. Uh, this was a story from the airports yesterday, Dublin Airport as well. They're talking about something like 52,000 passengers expected 
wanted to fly in and out on the busiest day of the Christmas season this year because of, you know, different restrictions in different countries and going in and out of countries, all that's changed. But Michael O'Leary um, had a right bash at anti-vaxxers yesterday and he calls them the lunatic fringe. And he says that he's calling on the government uh, to ban unvaccinated people from hospital uh, as this variant takes hold. Um, he may also be going so far as saying, if you're not vaccinated, you shouldn't be able to go to a supermarket or a pharmacy. You shouldn't be able to go to a hospital. And if you want to do any shopping, order it online and have it delivered. Uh, here on Lee side, then, yet another gang feud story, um, and this from Mayfield, just before midnight on Saturday night. It comes as no surprise to us anymore when we hear of attacks with slash hooks, and that's what it is uh, for Mayfield. A young man attacked with a slash hook, man in his late 20s, uh, taken to the CUH. The incident occurred shortly before midnight. It's an ongoing feud, apparently, and the guards are looking for anybody that might have any in- interesting information that they could share, including any kind of dash cam footage, to get in touch with them. But Anne Murphy has a, an exclusive making the front of the examiner today. And we've heard of this in the past, and you never kind of know how true it is until you actually see a journalist follow up on it uh, and make um, you know calls and emails themselves. And that's what Anne Murphy does, where she contacts landlords who are offering either reduced rent or rent-free bedrooms in return for sex. So that's what's happening, lads, uh, and we know of it now because uh, she contacted the landlord in Limerick and another one in Dublin. Uh, And the ads are quite interesting. They offer free or reduced cost rooms uh, in exchange for sex as the housing crisis bites and tenants struggle to meet rising costs. One advert for a room... It was for a single lady. The advert said, a single lady with a twist. The ad said, can do reduced rent for occasional fun. She contacted the uh, tenant um, and the landlord, sorry, when contacted by a prospective tenant, apparently the landlord made it clear that sexual activity was required on a weekly basis in return for rent of €200 for the first month and €250 per month thereafter. He also promised the accommodation would ultimately be free if the tenant became his partner in the future. It's disgusting, isn't it? There's another one then from Dublin where a property was being offered for free in return for friends with benefits arrangement. It said house located in Santry, so close to the city, free car park, bus stop at the home. Let's chat soon. Note, please, only for sweet, cute and charming girl. Ha, 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 ha. Ping me soon. NSA. No strings attached. And that's the world we're living in. Meanwhile, the star this morning has yet another young pregnant mother um, being told that she'll be homeless for Christmas. And clearly, she's not only so much worried about herself, but worried about the health of her soon-to-arrive baby. The examiner says that the number of children left homeless is expected to continue to rise. We've learned absolutely nothing. Um, In other news this morning, poor old J.K. Rowling continues to be cancelled more and more. Many people have come out criticising her because her stand on trends. Um, Incidentally, we all know that a lot of our stars from JK from the movies Harry Potter talk to her no more and now apparently those that play Quidditch also um, want no more to do with uh, JK Rowling there's a Quidditch um, organisation apparently I assume they play Quidditch and they've come out against her as well now but as you head into Christmas you don't won't need me to tell you but we ate, eat way too much fat sugar salt and the wrong kind of carbs and junk food we kind of knew that anyway 
and it certainly will be the case across the Christmas period but either way we're reminded in the mail this morning of it uh, you know and if you're watching the calorie count you know it, it, it really depends on the type of calorie that you're eating I suppose a thousand calories of good energy food is an awful lot better than a thousand calories of junk. So we get confused in the type of calories that we eat, but we don't get confused about the types of movies we'd like to watch at Christmas time. And the survey is out, yet another one. They spoke, I suppose, to thousands and thousands of people that voted online. And It's a Wonderful Life has come in as the most popular Christmas film of all time, followed by... One of my own personal favourites, I love watching it every year, and that is The Muppet, Muppet's Christmas Carol, loosely beige, based on the Charles Dickens uh, book. Elf comes in at three, Die Hard at four, Home Alone at five, Love Actually at six, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation at seven, White Christmas at eight, Scrooge at nine, and God knows there's enough versions of those, and in 10th place, Miracle on 34th Street. I don't know whether your favourite is left out of that, but that's the top ten. Apparently, it's a wonderful life. What in the name of God, Die Hard, is doing in a list of Christmas movies, I have no idea. It's an action movie. It's a beat 'em up bomb 'em up shoot 'em up movie. But is it really a Christmas movie? As they say, yippee-yay-yay, Fuddermucker. But nonetheless, it's in there at number four. And sad news this morning, and I was only thinking about El Devo at the weekend, and I'll tell you more in a few minutes' time, but the Il Devo star, uh, Carlos Marin, has died at the age of 53, the Spanish singer. He was put in an induced coma after falling ill on the 7th of December. And it was previously reported that he had been suffering from COVID-19. Now, I don't know whether he had any underlying conditions, but they're saying that his death was COVID-related. And that's sad at such a young age. But the reason that I was thinking of Il Divo over the weekend is um, they do an incredible, and I suppose it's apt to play it at this time rather than playing it a little later on this morning. They do an incredible Christmas song. Um, and it's a wonderful, wonderful version of Oh Holy Night. So season's greetings to all. It's very special, isn't it? It's one of my all-time favourites. That's a classic in so many different ways. The Oldivo star, Carlos Marin, who died at the weekend at the age of 53. What an incredibly successful uh, group Oldivo are. I was reading at the weekend that they sold more than 30 million albums worldwide and have been together uh, since 2003 and it's so sad to hear it uh, but an opportunity to hear their super work lines open one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. we also have a brand new phone number as well it's the 0818 uh, and of course from the new year it will only be that phone number um, so just planting that in your head for now meanwhile of course the countdown to Christmas continues and it was basically, actually can anybody explain I'm quite sure that it's self-explanatory members of the Garda Shikona standing on Patrick Street yesterday afternoon with tablets in their hands holding them at traffic. I'm assuming that's to capture everybody's um, car reg as they're illegally heading down Patrick Street during the the um, you know the traffic ban. Um, wouldn't it make an awful lot more sense if they were just literally stopping people and giving them a break rather than filming them? Because 
what's happening? What's coming down the track now? Is it three penalty points for that and a fine? Those are an interesting thing. But very, very busy in, in the city and a good buzz around over the past few days. And I'm hoping that will be the case, safe and all as we need to be right across the week as people do. For some, of course, they have absolutely nothing done. A lot of fellas that I know have nothing done. More people, of course, have it done since October, buying presents for everyone and anyone. But for the presents found under the tree, as kids changed their lives and shaped their careers in the recent past, we're wondering about, what about the past? What about, um, you know, streets of Cork recently where Seamus was, where he was chatting with people about their most memorable Christmas presents that they got from good old Santa Claus. Have a listen. It's Christmas! I, I think it was my Apple Watch. It's my favourite thing in the world. It's just so universal. It's, um, it's my new fitness tracker. My daughter, she was born on the 23rd of December. Probably my phone, because I use it a lot. Probably concert tickets. Yeah, to like spend time with my friends and like make memories and stuff. It's good. Um, I got Little Mix concert tickets and Westlife concert tickets. God, I can't remember. <laughs> I suppose a doll or a bike or a pram. I can remember my sister getting a pram and loving it. Do you know? I, I, I was I was in the war. I'm afraid so. It, it were very small presents, but I remember getting Grimm's fairy tales and being absolutely thrilled with it. I said snooker table years ago. Yeah, snooker table, I'd say, definitely, when I was young, yeah. <laughs> he was the big time, yeah. He bought me a little roulette once. I was getting ready for Vegas when I was only about six. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I think the man here beside me. <laughs> you know what? The best present I ever got off Santi was about two years ago. And I know I'm older, and uh, I got a bicycle. And I swear to God, I had tears in my eyes, even at my age. Him. <laughs> Good answer. Hundred percent true. <laughs> there was one where I asked for an electric scooter, thinking I was getting like a motorbike that you see on like TV, and I actually just got a scooter with an engine. I was so disappointed. <laughs> it's literally there's a, like a little seat on it, and you like stand on it, and then you like twist it, and just it's literally a scooter with an engine. A big like outdoor wooden, meant to be playhouse. Yeah, rather a long time ago though. That's ancient history. I can't quite remember. The bike that was too big for me. Yeah, exactly. I grew into it though. Um, I got a bike as well that was also too big for me one year, and I got a phone. I don't know. I think it was uh, it was my PlayStation Two when I was younger, right? Because uh, I lived in a really small village. I didn't have a lot to do with other people, so obviously the the pinnacle at the time was I think it was like 2006, and it was the PlayStation 2. And uh, me being six, really wanted a SpongeBob game with it, so I got it. Like, and I was just I didn't even didn't even look outside the window for about a week straight. I'd say. <laughs> Good question. I'm around a long time. Um, when I was a child, it was a train set because all belonged to all belonged to us. All belonged to me. Walked in the railway, so it was a train set. <laughs> ask him ask him there <laughs> ask him there oh yeah I was a Christmas baby myself oh god I don't know I'm a very spoiled girl so um, probably a trip away a trip abroad somewhere Vegas so oh a trip to Vegas there you go that was my best <laughs> oh a Dallin Prem very original Tiny Tears do you remember Tiny Tears yeah Tiny Tears just fed her and she weed very quiet doll no hassle at all from her <laughs> no drama
Jesus, greetings to you and yours. Interesting vox there from the streets of Cork and what people got. One woman said, him. Right answer. Another woman said a daughter. Then we had the iPhones and the tracker watches and the Apple watches. And, you know, another lady in wartime was lucky to get a couple of books. But it was about actually also, you know, the different gifts that children might have got that shaped their lives and their careers. You know, something that you like, for instance, I suppose might be fair to say that if you got a train set, you were probably more likely to think about being a train driver or a chemistry set. Or maybe Meccano might lead you into engineering at some stage. Or a doctor set might lead you into medicine. Or you could also, if you're listening to me and you're of the junior age, you could convince your family or your parents or Santa Claus to bring you a PlayStation 5. Because when you grow up, you'll be a tech entrepreneur and you make millions and millions. But you need the, the PlayStation 5 to get you going. I know for me it was probably music and records and things like that and cassettes or the very first cassette deck that I got was a tiny little thing it was made by some English company called Chesterfield I'll never forget it and that of course gives you a lot of grounding then when you think okay I love this and I love music and you start thinking maybe that is a, a career path so there's a lot to be said for it uh, mind you you need to de-stress now over the Christmas and there's a story in the mirror saying that if you're looking for a stress-free Christmas then you need to switch off all work email and all contact with the office. Now, I know there's going to be the new year when you turn it back on again and it will just explode, possibly. Although you would think not. If everybody turns their stuff off, it shouldn't explode except with spam and junk. But they're saying researchers have found that employees who respond to emails out of hours are more likely to suffer bad health and burnout. We kind of know that, uh, that issues regarding burnout and health issues regarding stress Certainly with people working from home because they're on the clock an awful lot more working from home, I would think. So time to think about de-stressing and also um, decoupling uh, from tech across the Christmas period. Lines open at 1-850-104-106. You can text 0868-104-106. We'll pick it up after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0868-104-106. Red FM. And as always, your calls are always welcome. Your texts too. Text 0868-104-106. And People have been following the announcement, of course, of the weekend of the 8 o'clock closing of public houses and restaurants, what have you. So before I go to calls, just a selection of texts. Can you explain what the difference is between a vaccinated person with a negative test and an unvaccinated person with a negative test? Seriously, why would only vaccinated COVID negative be allowed into hospitality? Sure, anyone with a negative test is safe. Unvaccinated does not mean infected. Stop implying that it does. I haven't been implying that it does. You know, I wish, uh, I wish, um, you know, I don't want to get overly bogged down in this, but uh, I've never said anything like that in the past. In fact, quite the opposite. While Neffet and the C- and the chief medical officer, Dr. Gloom, all they've done, uh, what he's done, what he has done is trying to spoil everybody's Christmas by closing bars and restaurants. And of course, Michal Martin will agrees with him as usual. More restrictions, says somebody else. I thought life was promised to get back to normal once a certain percentage of people got vaccinated. I know a lot of people who only got vaxxed to go to the pub and now all I can do is laugh. Yet more restrictions. Morning, the government will do the right thing and as usual agree with Neffed. Pubs and restaurants closing at 8 o'clock is only right. We have to think of our GPs, our paramedics, our nurses, our doctors in hospital, uh, what they've done and what they're going to do every day and have done for the last 20 months, staying away from their families to keep themselves safe from this deadly killer. Morning, as much as I respect the Neffet recommendation, what difference is 8pm going to make? All you're doing is pushing people into drinking binges at 10 or 11 in the morning and thousands falling out under the streets at 8 o'clock instead of midnight. It's a guarantee that that will happen. Another one, how fed up I am... Uh, 
a never-ending cycle. In my opinion, it's just an anti-alcohol campaign by the chief medical officer. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I believe COVID is around, uh, but come on. Schools stay open, yet they're riddled with it. Kids giving it to each other, teachers, and then back to their families. But let's shut hospitality. I'm 37, double jabbed, even got my booster at the weekend. But honestly, what is the point? Pubs closing at 8 o'clock doesn't matter much to me, but it's just a backward step because of a very weak variant. I think at this stage, let it run free in society, be done with it. And just so fed up, happy Christmas to all in spite of that. And just one or two more, the rest of the world, including the WHO, are saying Omicron is mild, yet Ireland, because of government and HSE incompetence, is locking down again. How weak are we as a people, says Pa. Uh, another one, do you remember a few weeks back when Tony Hoolan admitted that closing pubs and nightclubs at midnight wouldn't reduce cases, but it was purely done to send a message? What kind of a message is he trying to send closing the pubs at 8 o'clock? That he hates them? We already know that, says Phil. And that's just a selection. There's lots more besides that. Just on one point there, with regards to a texter who spoke of, um, you know, schools staying open and riddled with it, kids giving it to each other, to teachers, and then taking it back to their families. Um, I believe that a lot of parents have actually taken their children out of primary school. And in fact, I know that primary schools were also sending books home with kids last week. Uh, I think a proportion of parents have decided that it's not safe and they've taken them out. And there were many people who were saying that it would have been a good idea just to close the schools last Friday. Because that can only do one thing, help, I suppose, uh, to stop the, uh, the spread of the Omicron variant or indeed COVID itself. But that didn't happen. So close the pubs, but leave the schools open. Your thoughts on that? Text 0868 It's been a nightmare weekend for publicans and restaurateurs. And Michael O'Donovan has had one of the busiest weekends ever since all this began. He's the uh, core president of the VFI on Leaside. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Thanks for holding. So what's it been like? Um, we were anticipating five o'clock and then it turned out to be eight o'clock. Um, and then I suppose people felt somewhat relieved then that there was an extra three hours. Uh, will that make any difference to pubs? Look, I suppose the extra three hours, will it make a difference? Yes. You know, five o'clock to eight o'clock obviously gives you three hours. Well, two and a half hours more trading really because it's half seven last orders. Everybody out for eight o'clock. Um, but look, for the next two weeks, it's going to be, I suppose, helpful because people are off. So people will be able to go out a little bit earlier, um, go out, socialise, um, get, go to the pub, go to the restaurant and go home. But like once we get to the 3rd of January, it's effectively closure for us because everybody's working probably until half five. If they go home, shower, change, come out, you know, they'll be out for half six, seven. So it's not much good. So, you know, it's, uh, it's difficult. And I suppose this morning and all weekend I've been dealing with members the hardest thing is doing rosters this week because it's so difficult you know we've we've worked so hard for the last 16 18 weeks to get our staff uh, hiring people getting the teams trained up getting everything done and here we go since last Friday you know doing rosters and unfortunately there's not just not enough hours to roster everybody so uh, people are not being rostered this week and going forward so it's really difficult are people, are people being laid off then it's inevitable that people will be laid off Neil because it's like if we're not open until you know what it's been the last couple of weeks half 11 out for 12 uh, you know if we're going to be closing earlier so there's going to be less demand for staff unfortunately and will the government step up then with regards to grants and pop payments for those that are being laid off well, we hope to find out in the coming hours. Um, we've been in contact with them over the weekend and they, look, we know from ministers they have been working all weekend on the package. We will learn of it 
hopefully this evening at worst case scenario I think we'll have it tomorrow um, and we've been telling them look it, it needs to be meaningful at this stage because uh, a lot of businesses you know whatever reserves they have they burned through it last January February March um, to keep the bills paid to keep the show on the road um, there is no reserve this year and you know we were kind of banking on getting a decent run in the month of December to generate enough revenue to see us through the, the months of January February March to get to the spring of next year um, there's a figure makes the red tops today that's speculating about 60,000 people could lose their jobs. Um, I don't know whether or not um, the government would agree with that number, but it certainly will be tens of thousands, undoubtedly, yeah? Undoubtedly. Uh, look, I've been dealing with publicans all weekend and, you know, there's on rosters and pubs, there's six going here, there's eight going there. But like from the weekend, you know, if you if I was to add them up, I'd say, you know, I'd be up into the, you know, well over 100 here in Cork City alone and um, just from the publicans I've spoken to. Um, and, you know, it's going to be inevitable across the country that if you do all that and lots of publicans are talking about, you know, when they get to the first week of January that they might just shut it down because, you know, if um, if we're still closing at eight o'clock, half seven out for eight, um, it's going to be very hard for a business to survive doing. Well, that it seems as if that out. will be the case until the end of January. So, doesn't it mean that for some, particularly rural pubs or maybe satellite towns and villages as well, that would never have really opened until five or six o'clock anyway? that they're just going to close their doors now because there's no point opening for a couple of hours. Absolutely. Look, as I said, for the next two weeks, slightly different when people are off and people will be able to come out and, you know, there's matches and racing and different things. It will bring people to the pub um, between now and New Year's Day kind of thing. But after New Year's Day or the 3rd of January, the way it's falling this year, um, yeah, it'll be very, very challenging. So, as you said, lots of pubs don't open until 4, 5, 6, even 7 o'clock. Some places in, in, uh, in rural Ireland and say um, they wouldn't open until 7 o'clock. So opening you, at 7, closing at half, you know, last order's half 7, okay. up for 8. Yeah, you were telling me, Maris, the most dejected you've seen publicans since March 2020. Could I just ask you, do you agree with the need to close the pubs at 8 o'clock? Look, uh, I suppose public health is of the utmost importance, Neil. Um, but, you know, I don't know what's the difference between closing at 8 o'clock or closing at 11 o'clock as we have been doing the last couple of weeks um, is it going to stop at 11 o'clock or 8 Somebody o'clock? Somebody was I'm telling me sure. at the weekend that 8 o'clock doesn't, it's not a good idea because if, if the pubs close at 8 o'clock there's an awful lot more potential for people then to go back to house parties at 8 o'clock, right? And to carry on, um, you know, drinking as much as they want in the quantities they want in numbers that they want. Whereas if it was 11 o'clock, um, less people would be likely to bother to go to a house party. Do you, do you follow that logic? Yeah, I suppose I do. And look, Neil, I suppose in the coming two weeks when people are off, um, I think it's inevitable that people will go to house parties when, we are, when we're shopping. Because it's 8 o'clock, yeah. It's eight o'clock, so like it's inevitable people will will do it. Um, and look, I don't know. Look, the, it's far above my pay grade. The the, the scientists that no, but for the va- no, for but for the vast majority of publicans who've been following the guidelines and restaurateurs as well, uh, many are saying that actually the pubs and restaurants are very safe places to be. Well, look, Neil, we've been implementing social distancing. We, we've had it put upon us. And look, I've spoken to you many times. We never wanted to be asking people for their vaccine passes, but we've had to get on with it. We've had to check their ID. So, like, everybody that's in uh, a licensed premises has the 
I suppose, the criteria to be in there that has, is set out in the directives that we've received and statutory instruments that are there in legislation. So, look, we followed that and, like, we've all been operating to, you know, do the best of our ability, the, the guidelines. And, yes, I think pubs are a safe environment as restaurants are a safe environment at the moment um, because people are socially distanced. You know, they're wearing their masks, they're following it all and the public have been super in supporting us in doing that. Um, and, look, here we are again in this new scenario and as I said to Emer, you know, yesterday I've been doing Zoom calls and talking to publicans all weekend. It's just... Uh, Any of them saying know, they might con- contemplate just packing it in? Uh, no, I haven't heard that, to be okay. honest, but it's, you know, as a lot of them have been saying that this is just going to be so difficult to survive it, and, you know, like, uh, I've had grown men on the phone to me over the weekend crying, you know, how they're going to make the loan repayments from January and February, uh, just the stress that this is, is causing, you know, it's, uh, it's not... But surely a, they'll a get non-repayable grants, won't they? Um, well, look, it, it all hinges on today, Neil, for a lot of us, you know, for a lot of the publicans uh, to see what the government come up with today. And okay. as I said, it needs to be meaningful today for the survival of our trade to see us into next year. OK, let's see what happens later today. Thanks for taking the call. As always, Michael, if I don't get an opportunity to talk to you this week, in spite of everything, a happy Christmas all the same. All right. Oh, thank you, Neil. Many Cheers for now. Returns. I think one of the only people that will really benefit from this change to eight o'clock is probably off licenses, probably off licenses. Back after the break. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. Today we'll tell a lot then, according to Michael, as to how the government are going to react financially for those in the sector that's been impacted probably more than any other sector, and that, of course, over the last 20, 21 months, and that's been um, uh, hospitality. But one wonders, you know, what it's been like with regards to bookings that were planned for this week in various restaurants. I would think that restaurateurs are calling around, possibly trying to rejiggle numbers or times, or indeed engaged in calling people back and cancelling their bookings this week. Beth has the Docklands restaurant in the city. Beth, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Thank you so much for holding. I know it's a very emotional time, a dismal time for you guys. What was the weekend like? Um, You know what? Saturday night was very busy and last night was really quiet. We had a huge amount of cancellations. Why? Why would people cancel? There was no restriction. I just think that there is the fear factor. I think people are and they just, you know, and, and I think there were even people that were ringing us on Saturday and saying, did they have to be gone by eight o'clock? So I think people were confused mm. as well. And um, yeah, so it was awful. <laughs> it was very upsetting yesterday. And this just, fear, this is a new fear, an Omicron fear, is it, Beth? I think I think that's it. And I know that, you know, that, that the, the, the word on the street, and if you read anything or you listen to anyone talking about it, that obviously it's hopefully not going to make people as sick as the uh, Delta or the Kent variant, but the problem is that um, people are getting so many mixed messages, I think, between along the way from the government um, and from... And they're digesting so much media as well that they're fearful. And social media as well. So people are hearing so many different stories. And I, I can understand for people it's very hard to know what to do but unfortunately being in the hospitality trade um, we are the ones that seem to be taking the brunt of everything that's happening at the moment And tell me how are you coping with bookings that you would have had for this week? How do you deal with those and other restaurateurs like you? 
Yeah, well, I mean, you're you're obviously contacting everyone. The, the minute we heard that the sort of closing time was going to be 8 p.m., all the bookings that we had in for this week, we prioritized and we basically moved them all back by what, how many hours. And then we started contacting people even before they'd made a decision about what they wanted to do, just to say, look, if you want the table first, we look after you and you can come in at four, you come in at five. So there's been lots of fabulous customers this week who have changed the times. But then there's for an awful lot of people, four or five o'clock, if you've got children, if you're working, you know, how do you go out for dinner at that time? Yeah. You're just not going to. So they've cancelled, have they? Why. They have, of course. And are you hearing that from colleagues in the industry as well that Absolutely. they've had? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, you know, I think that there will be certain um, locations, maybe if you're right bang in the city centre and people are going shopping, that, you know, the, the football will be much better. But for someone like us in our location where we're in an area where there's not a lot of offices, so now people are working at home. So It's challenging enough. So have you also been calling suppliers then to cancel uh, yes, well, it's just it's 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 a little bit of a mess because you don't know like next week what's going to happen and you know so it's it's really hard for suppliers it's really hard for staff because you're you know we had all our rosters done for next week where you need x amount of staff because you're going to be busy at night and then suddenly you're going to be closed at eight o'clock which means that you haven't got the hours to give to people that you know you rely on and also you had promised them the work over Christmas because you were saying you're going to be busy and you're going to be paid and you're going to be able to you know you'll have that extra little bit of money in the bank knowing that January in general when it was normal times is a quiet month. It's Never a quiet month yeah it what is. What you have coming yeah. down the track yeah. this year. Yeah yeah and has it been difficult to fill rosters with staff recently? Um, it has. It's been very hard. And, and I think that, you know, I think hospitality has got a bad reputation um, over the last few years that, you know, that people aren't well paid and it's not a good job. I don't believe that's completely true. We have fantastic staff and most restaurants, you know, look after their staff. They appreciate the people they have working for them. And it's a great job. You learn to deal with people. You learn to work in so with yeah. you know so many circumstances and it's a it's a good job to have but at the moment why would you go into hospitality because you could have no job tomorrow morning um are you expecting then that the government will make some announcement today with regards to financial aid because the lights have to no well not quite literally on but the bills have to be paid Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, that they are talking about business, you know, support, but, and they are vital to keep, you know, um, businesses and to look after staff. But really, the most important thing is, you know, it's not that you want, um, you know, state support. You want to be able to run our business. We want to be able to run our business and we want to be able to trade um, in a safe way. And, you know, we're not really being allowed to do that and you know restaurants and bars hospitality in general most of us you know run very safe operations with the customers you know so do you feel as if you're because of that because of following all of the guidelines following all of the masking the sanitization the qr codes and the covid certs and everything you've done everything you were asked for you've been thrown under a bus Absolutely, and we have been, and 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 you know, we you, we do understand that you know people have to be kept safe, and we don't, you know, none of us want to be sick with you know, or, or not being able to work. But it does look like you know that that 
every every time something happens at the moment you know we've been told we have to live with covid yet every time something happens the first people to be knocked on the head is the hospitality trade it's just the first the first call first port of call and everyone you know you can go shopping you can do everything else you can go and you can drink you can eat mm. um up until eight o'clock at night what's the difference between eight and ten o'clock with those extra two hours if you're a restaurant that survives on nighttime trade that's a huge difference and it's the same that two hours the then would have made a that's huge difference Absolutely yes. huge difference. Yes. Huge difference. Yes. You know? And you can't see what the consequences would have been of saying 10 o'clock. It would have but been sure, no different. It wouldn't have been any. You're, you're sitting in a, a restaurant. People are having their dinner. No one is walking around talking to people. They are sitting down in their small groups. I mean, you can only be a table of six. Mm. It can't be 12. Mm. It can't be 18. So, it's you know, it's, it's, it's a safe environment where, you know, people can enjoy themselves. Um, whereas now what they can do, they can go to a house and they can have a hundred people into their house and they can all be hugging and kissing and <laughs> doing whatever. Mm. And, you know, there's no control there at all. I mean, we were all offering that safe environment for people to meet and to have a good time. Okay. Listen, I'll allow you to get on with it this week okay. and whatever that may bring. But thanks for taking the call, Beth, as always. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you very Jesus much. Greetings to you all. Care. Take Happy care. Christmas. And okay, you too, bye-bye. in spite of everything else. Beth from the Docklands. Back after 10 text 0868104106 Hi it's Connor join me Sunday from 7 for Green on Red bringing you the biggest the best and newest names in Irish music Get it off your chest text the Neil Brinderville show now 0868104106 Red FM Big shopping week for many people and of course a visit to the city is all part and parcel of that and when you're in there you probably have your own traditions what you like to do around the city do share text 0868104106 and you might win for yourself a little later on this morning 350 euro vouchers for the English market and the market's been there since 1788 and goes from strength to strength so every day this week we have a 350 euro voucher to give away think of what you could buy think of what you could spend to the value of 350 euro in the English market you've got small stalls sitting alongside larger businesses little traders next to long established family businesses passed down through the generations as the fellow says you got meats in there and fish and herbs and spices and fruits and vegetables and chocolates and cakes and cheeses and all sorts of wonderful things so check it out this week for everything you need and stay listening for the 350 euro voucher we did this last year we had a lot of fun with it whoever has the longest ho 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 wins the 350 euro voucher we'll be taking calls just before midday deep breath lads you're allowed a ho ho and then the long ho and we're talking about maybe 25 30 35 seconds whoever has the longest will be timing it with a stopwatch so whoever holds the ho the longest wins the 350 euro voucher it's just a bit of a laugh and that's a little later on this morning talking about a bit of a laugh uh, life goes on and people endeavour to do the best they can for pantos of course they've put on extra shows with the opera house running three because of 50% capacity uh, and everybody's putting their shoulder to the wheel and trying to do the best they can including the adult panto Peter Panna that will run again this year upstairs at Unspalpeen Fonach. They've got it across the line and they're on stage and are running right through I believe until sometime around the middle of January. Angela Newman knows more about this than me because she's behind the production. Angela, good morning. Morning, how are you? You got there. Well done. 
We did. <laughs> and and tell me, like, tell me this. I know it's adult. Mind you, I have to say, even with the kiddie pantos, the gag lines in those can be quite risque. But your they ones can. are totally risque, right? That's it. That's it, yeah. We always say, Neil, um, it's rude and crude, but never nude. And <laughs> um, That's our tagline. <laughs> I was at the Opera House there recently, and some of the gags I were saying, what? <laughs> oh, I know, yeah. And, we, and I, weirdly, the director for the uh, for the Opera House, Trevor Ryan, was our director before he went oh, to the Opera House. Oh, that explains it then. <laughs> What's the storyline? Give us the gist of Peter Pan. Anna, can you? Right. So, um, it's. It, do you know the story of Peter Pan? I do. Yeah, it's nothing like that. Um, <laughs> so, so generally, the uh, the plots for the adult panto are are very very loosely based on the stories that we know as kids. Um, it's usually kind of their their backstory or what happens after the Disney version. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, so Peter Pan is a drug dealer. Um, oh, from court. Um, he's cool, kind of fooled Wendy or Windy in our version into um, giving him all her money and um, to fund his, his, his uh, drug uh, business and actually um, Captain Hook or Could Captain you not Hook, have come up with it? Yeah, do you know what? Um, we've had two years to come up with it this time Neil, so there's a lot in it um, and then of course he's got a, captain, a pirate captain as well but the pirate captain ends up being actually the one you're rooting for in the end because they're, they're, Peter is so good at being a baddie that he's terrible at being a goodie so somebody has to be the goodie. And is there no so, fairy dust at all to fix him? Well, there's there's pan of powder, Neil, um, is <laughs> oh what he's God, selling oh instead of fairy dust. I can only so imagine what the powder is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so <laughs> and is there no little people that. flying around with wings or everybody going into Neverland at all at all? Well, we're in Neverland, which is Cork. Um, but, Covid. Uh, that's basically <laughs> it. <laughs> that's, there, that's where the, the, the similarities end. You know? Oh my God. And, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. it's running upstairs at the Spalpeen. Mind you, I yeah. am told it's caused just sleepless nights for all concerned, has it? Oh my god, yeah. It's I was I was saying earlier, your producer there that um it the stress levels have been astronomical. You know, the last few weeks have been really tough. Obviously the last few years have been really hard. But we, we you know, we were in rehearsals, we were getting there, we were working really hard and then on opening night the fifty percent capacity rule was passed. We were so lucky that we'd made the decision two weeks before we opened to cap capacity at fifty. We just had a feeling that something was going to happen, um, so we weren't affected by that. Um, of course, we watched all of our colleagues in the opera house and the every man be affected by that, um, and that was that was awful. And then um, on Friday, with the announcement of the eight pm, I mean, we normally open it at eight thirty. So that would be that would have meant effectively oh, that we were dying it, yeah. dead in the water, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, so we've moved. Is to it because it's a pub? PM. Well, yeah, it's a pub, and and also all entertainment has to be done by eight now, mm. um, in all venues. So um, we were worried that it would just be the pubs first, and then obviously it was everybody that was affected. So we made the decision very quickly to move it to six pm. Um, and extra and shows maybe or put it on for longer we, yeah we can't um, run it any longer because we're running for seven weeks uh, as it is you know so there's no kind of room at the end and doing extra shows um, the small bean only opens at 4pm so that wasn't an option for us either so um, we're doing a full show so it's a full two hour show so we're doing we're opening at six we're doing it at six o'clock we'll be done and out of there by eight um, um, and we've also filmed it 
So there's the option for people who now can't make the earlier time to watch it at home. Um, That's a great addition, version, isn't it? You know? yeah. And also, I suppose that opens it up to, as well to there's a lot of people, Neil, who've had to, to cancel their tickets over the last few weeks because they have COVID um, and or can't come home because they're coming from, say, America, Canada, England, home, and they've cancelled their trips home because of COVID. I so know. Tell me, tell me about your cast, though. You know, would your cast be full-time actors or people who are jobbing yeah, workers yeah, or what? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, we're all professional actors. So, so it's been hell, hasn't it? Yeah, you know, it's been an absolute nightmare. The last two years have been so tough. And I, I'm, I'm loving, I have to say, the support that we're getting from the public, you know, you know, saying, God, you're so resilient. God, it's great. Thank God you're back. But also on the other side of things, you know, we're, we're delighted people are saying resilient and we're great and we're fantastic. But it's, it's, very, it's, it's getting tiring now. Yeah, I know. I was talking to a lot of jocks last, I was talking to yeah. a lot of jocks over the weekend who all their gigs were cancelled, you know, and they yeah, would have had a yeah, really yeah. busy time of it right up exactly. until, right up until December 31st in New York, gone. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, and it's a terrible time to be basically effectively made unemployed, you know? Yeah. And I mean, with, for us, um, the panto would make up, I mean, for me personally, the panto makes up a third of my annual income. Um, so, yeah. so, I mean, that's, you know, that's been halved um, already. And then on top of that, then the restrictions coming in, you have less people booking, you know, than you would normally. But listen, you got it across the line in fairness. We did, we did. And we're, we're so proud of ourselves. You didn't throw your hands up in the air and say, forget about it. I, I yeah, su- yeah. assume you'll be having a fairly f- a few cheeky jibes at COVID, will you? Oh, oh yeah. well, do you know what? We decided very early on that we weren't even going to mention it. Um, <laughs> Probably because better. People, yeah, because people are sick of it. They don't want to hear about COVID <laughs> anymore. I mean, that's the real world we're bringing them into. Neverland, which is a fantasy. So it'll be land, filthy, it'll be hilarious, and it'll be COVID free. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. No, that, that's the plan. We're all sick of COVID. We're not even going to mention it, um, you know. And uh, and it's been working, you know. And we've been getting these really lovely emails from people. You know, we always get thank you emails, but really personal emails from people like genuinely thanking us for they have saying they haven't laughed as much in two years. You know, thank you so much for making your Christmas. It feels like it feels like a normal year again. I think, and that that for us is making everything. Yeah, worthwhile. I you know, think a couple of jars downstairs in the Spalpeen, and then upstairs for Peter Panis sounds like a great yeah. night out, you, don't you? You can drink during the show as well. Oh, bring so, a cu- bring a pint in with you. You know exactly, exactly. So I mean, that's the other adult part of it. You can have a pint a pint when you're watching. All the show, right. You know? So can people book, or what's the deal? Yeah, yeah. So if they go to pantotickets.org forward slash zero. But no, forward slash O, forward slash one. Why do they always make those things so difficult? Why can't it just oh, be... I don't blabbing? know. I'll share it's, the link, actually. How about that? Do, share the link. Share the link for me. But yeah, there's plenty of tickets left. Um, and people are just coming straight from work into the, into the <laughs> pub and enjoying themselves, having a good time before they go home. We're making the most of this. Uh, we're not going to let it ruin our Christmas or well anybody said. else's. You well know, everyone deserves a good laugh after the last two years. Bring it on. Well, listen, yes, good to catch up. Week. Glad it's on. Curtains up and well done on everything, Angela. Best of luck, all right? Thank you so much. Much. Cheers. You never know, girl. You never know. Take care for now. <laughs> Thanks. Happy Christmas. Angela Newman, Peter Panna's running at the uh, Spalpeen Faunock, the adult panto. You can have a jar or two. We even bring a pint up with you. Further details, we'll share the link if you want to book tickets and have a bit of a laugh. Among other things, it's also 100% COVID free. And you can't say much more than that.
That's a timeless Christmas classic, isn't it, from The Slade? Lines open at 1850-104-106. Lots of texts, and we will mix it up as best we can. I'm interested in this, though, because it comes from an HSE employee who says, our government is totally out of touch with the reality of life with COVID. They'll pay out millions again, closing the bars and restaurants and subsidies and pop payments when that money will be better invested in the health service and in ICU beds. I'm an HSC employee and everyone from domestic staff to consultants are at breaking point, overworked and understaffed, and not a bit of gratitude from the government. Depression and suicide is a direct result of this pandemic and it's being brushed under the carpet. I hope my children leave this country as soon as they can. And that's something I would never have wanted. But wouldn't they be going to other countries also who haven't learned the lesson of having an, a health service that actually works and is proficient? Because other countries are in the same scenario as us, many of them even in worse situations with regards to restrictions and complete lockdowns. But I do take the point you're making. I found it quite interesting because I was watching um, a news feed over the weekend from New York and there, were, there was a statement from one of the chief medical officers in New York State saying, we're ready for this. Uh, we have the hospitals. We have the beds. We have the ICU beds and units. We have the staff. We have learned how to deal with this and we're ready for it. And I think for anybody there reading that, they'd get an awful lot of comfort from it. Whereas here, of course, it's completely different because nobody's learned over the years, in spite of all of the money that's pumped into the HSE, nobody's learned how to make it work properly. We were never prepared for this. Imagine if we had a thousand ICU beds in Ireland we wouldn't even be having these conversations. We might do something about closing borders, but we certainly wouldn't be looking at all of these restrictions, I would think. Anyway, talking about people um, who are completely and utterly burned out, I don't know how, how you guys did with uh, Christmas bonuses or gifts from work this year. I saw an interesting thread make RSVP Live there recently where they were asking people if they got a Christmas bonus or, or a gift. Uh, and there were some interesting responses to it. Uh, yes, we are all very well looked after all year round. It's very sad to see people working in a job for 21 years and not getting anything. Uh, even the new staff get it where I work. We're very lucky, we know. I'm very grateful. Vanessa says, I work for the HSC. I worked through the whole pandemic from day one. And we don't, nor have, never have, got so much as a thank you, never mind a bonus. Um, Tanya says they got a lovely hamper. Well, that's nice, isn't it? Um, Dolly says lots of wine and chocolates in a gift voucher. Not bad at all. Tara says, I brought my staff for a spa day and lunch and they get a generous cash bonus for Christmas. Wow. Companies and business owners need to realise that without their staff, there's no business. Treat them well and do right by people. I can't stand stingy people. They're a disgrace. Kirsty says, uh, not even paid work, but all the volunteers at the charity shops have been invited for a little get-together. Tea, coffee, mince pies, cakes and sweets. Ah, that's kind of traditional. Uh, Carol, I just retired from my job after 25 years. Not even a text message. <laughs> Elaine says, not even a text to say Happy Christmas. Well, might get the text sometime this week. Uh, Patch says, yes, we get a holiday voucher to Spain every year. Check that out. <laughs> and when can you go there? I wonder the times we live in. Uh, Tracy says, my husband is 21 years in his job and never got a thing. He's nearly a year working from home and he didn't get so much as a box of sweets. Never mind a box of matches. Uh, Madge says, I'm a nurse, not even a note to say thank you. A few years ago, we used to get a small diary for recording off duty hours, I suppose. Uh, Caroline, absolutely nothing. And I worked all over the COVID pandemic and all of the lockdown. Carol says, yes, next Monday, we'll get 500 euro. (laughs) 
Oh, bad. Uh, I heard today that a girl who works in a bank got four and a half thousand euro bonus. I'm in the wrong profession, says somebody else. And one more for now. Yes, Duns always do every year for the past 20 years. We receive vouchers. Um, somebody says, within the HSC, pigs will fly before you'll ever get a sweet. Never mind a bonus or a gift at Christmas time. Back after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. I just quickly, I was just wondering why Gardaí were standing on Patrick Street with tablets held up to traffic. I don't mean tablets, medicinal ones. I mean the small little tablets, the tech tablets. And somebody said, that's called active mobility. And those tablets that the Gardaí hold up to cars can scan the cars for tax, insurance and NCT. And they can also tell if any crime related to the car, it will also show up. It's like a large checkpoint without stopping all cars. Um, and cars that have no issue can just drive on past, but they'll hit you if you've got no insurance, no NCT, or the car is stolen, or whatever the case may be. And apparently those tablets can scan the cars for all the things they need to know about the car and indeed the driver. So that explains what it is, uh, and we'll move on. Uh, talking about Cork at the weekend, one is a car-related issue, which I'll come back to in a few minutes' time from Douglas Street. I don't know whether you saw the, vill- the video footage of it. It's horrific. Uh, but two different issues, that and another one, yet another slash hook attack on Lisa if it's not slash hooks it's knives sometimes it's both and this was uh, in the Mayfield area just before midnight on Saturday night Paul Burns across both those stories and he joins me by phone Paul good morning good morning Neil okay uh, yet another slash hook attack Um, did I read somewhere that this is said to be feud related or something yeah, well, I suppose, first of all, from the outset, it's um, it's terrible that we're here. We are talking again about somebody who's been injured as a result of a slash hook or a bill hook or a machete type of incident. Um, these incidents are happening way too often. And it just goes to show that people aren't afraid to carry these weapons and use them. Um, you know, when people are involved in feuds, nothing will get in their way of trying to harm or do damage or possibly try to kill someone. And uh, here we had somebody who was walking in the, the Mayfield area last um, Saturday night, just around midnight, before midnight. Uh, this man, <clears throat> 29 years of age, due to celebrate his birthday sometime that next year. And uh, he was in the area of Mayfield Shopping Centre around Suncabs. He was set upon. It's still unclear uh, how many actually attacked him. Now, Gardaí do believe that there was more than two involved in the attack. In the attack, And uh, they gave him a fair beating and uh, he received numerous cuts to his body. Now, <clears throat> initially they thought that this man might not survive given the extent of the amount of blood that he lost. But luckily medics at CUH and the paramedics who attended the scene were able to to come to his aid and help him yeah. recover as quickly as possible. Yeah. But uh, he's lucky to be alive. We're, we're, ta- we're lucky that we're not talking about a murder here yeah. today. It's not, I mean, there's no point mentioning. It's not as it, to these people that paramedics and hospitals and surgeons and AED departments have enough to be doing without dealing with this met nonsense. But certainly with a slash hook, um, you would very, very quickly sever an artery and somebody would die. Yeah, I mean, as I said, the the amount of blood that this man lost, I mean, when when the Garda sources said when they were at the scene, they said, how in the name of God has he survived this? Um, You know, the the blood was everywhere, and they honestly did not expect this man to pull through, given the extent of the injuries. And will he pull through? He will? He he will pull through. Uh, My understanding is that he will pull through. Um, But, like, people don't care 
what they do to the other person, whether they're tanked up on drink and drugs or whether they're sober. If they have this in their mind to attack somebody who, who's uh, in another fraction, you know, our faction, they, they will... And why, okay, well, there's, there's very little that we know about this, apart from when we talk about just parking this, when we talk about these feuds, are they drug gang feuds or sometimes is it family feuds It can be one or the other? Is that what we're dealing with when we say feuds? You have both. You have um, rival gangs who are looking for uh, control of an area where they're selling drugs. You have uh, family feuds. Um, there might be an argument between you and your, your auntie, but we don't all resort to mm. uh, flash hooks and knives. Mm. Unfortunately, some people just do. And, that, and that's how they like to end the feud, put somebody out of circulation at all costs. They don't think the long-term consequences. Um, they just want to inflict pain. They want to inflict injury. They want to kill. And they don't think long-term that maybe if they do kill, then they're also going to be the ones who are um, put behind bars for life. We also heard of, actually, incidentally, there was also um, a hit and run up in Bear County, Offaly. And you may have seen that video of pedestrians yeah. then trying to lift the car off a, a fellow who was pinned under it. And a teen was arrested for, arrested for drink driving. But what happened on Douglas Street? What, what do you know about that? I mean, can you, descri- getting, like, can you just, describe it first? Back, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, just getting back to Offaly very, very briefly, my understanding is that this young fellow was in about 15 or 16 years of age, out for a night with his friends, got tanked up, went home, um got a car, drove it through the main streets in Burr and knocked down 10 people. Um, I mean, there's a, a video, as you said, on, yeah. on social media. It's doing the rounds where there's a, a group of people lifting the car off one of the people that he knocked down. Absolutely frightening. Absolutely. And then you would dug the street last Friday night, last Thursday or Friday night. My, my information on this is very, very sketchy, to be quite honest with you. But all I do know is, again, there's a video um, on Facebook. We didn't put it up there. Uh, we didn't share it. But you have this cyclist who seems to be sitting or standing on his bike. A four by four uh, drives down through Douglas Street, hits your man. Your man, the Jeep takes off and the cyclist is left lying on the road. I mean, looking at it, I remember when I saw it first, I went, jeez, you know, you will just be taken aback. It was brutal to watch and how this guy survived is beyond me. And th- yeah, just on that point, Ash, because I have looked at the video. So this, what looks like, would you say it's an SUV, comes down Douglas Street. This, yeah. this is possibly a Deliveroo cyclist, from what I can see. The actual SUV, the two left wheels of it go up into the air and... It seems to go up into the air. And exactly. roll over the bonnet of the cars again. and then hit him, drives on stops about 30 or 40 feet down the road, brakes, stops for, what you say, 10 seconds, mm-hmm. then drives off. Yeah, and I mean, he stopped, I reckon, because he probably realised he was after hitting someone and then decided to take off for what reason we don't know. Then back on the was ground, he? this misfortunate cyclist falls out onto the road and collapses down in the middle of the road. Yeah, and I mean, the, the, the guard said his injuries weren't uh, severe. Um, he was a lucky man boy. Then. Made of steel. He must be made of steel, honest to God, because I just can't imagine how he survived that. No he idea just, whether somebody presented themselves to guards having thought about it afterwards, maybe the next day, no? No, no, I know the guards were repeating for information um, hours after it happened, but uh, I don't have an update on that, to be you honest. You don't know if you could get a reg from that, No. Uh, well, they'll be looking at that CCTV, not just that clip, but also clips of CCTV from 
streets uh, before and after Douglas Street, um, you know, it's it's inevitable they will track down this motorist. And I think, in, in fairness, if he is listening or she listening, if, if they haven't handed themselves in, they should do so before the guards come knocking on the door. Because, look, it's only a matter of time before the guards will catch up with that motorist. Inevitably, they will, eventually. All right, Paul, thanks for that. Appreciate it, as always. Uh, look after Neil, yourself. Just yeah. before I, I go, if we don't talk uh, before Christmas, just want to wish you and all the, the staff there a very, very happy Christmas. I hope everything goes well. And you're dead right in the event that we don't talk on Friday. Many happy returns. And thanks for everything over the year yet again. Thank you for much no of prob- no, the more stories you shared. It's a pl- pleasure. And listen, just in case that money that you owe me, um, hopefully before the new year you might have it <laughs> in the post. The, la- <laughs> the last time you sent me the cheque, there was a rubber ball attached to it and it just bumps, checks. Bumps, bumps who sends who road. sends checks anymore it's all Revolut now <laughs> get, yourself, Christmas. get yourself a Revolut account and I'll sort you out then happy Christmas happy to you Christmas as well happy Christmas and enjoy, enjoy your budgie good luck <laughs> take care <laughs> lines open at 1-850-104-106 you can text 0868-104-106 incidentally if you do have any information regarding any of those cases that we just mentioned either it's a slash hook attack uh, at uh, Mayfield Shopping Centre on Saturday night or that awful horrific hit and run on Douglas Street you should pick up the phone and call on Gardaí back after the break talk to Neil Prenderville now 1851-04106 Red FM at 350 you're a voucher to give away every day this week for the English market and your opportunity to win is only a ho 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 away today we are looking for Cork's longest ho 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 whoever can hold their breath with a ho the longest wins the daily prize and that's around about a quarter to midday we should have some fun with that so practice away lads with your watch or a stopwatch whatever you got and if you think it's a presentable length of time then pick up the phone a little later when I open the phone lines at 350 euro voucher for the English market and we'll do that in about an hour's time meanwhile Morris is standing by David as well first up Jim good morning Neil how are you boys I'm good I'm good so just on this point originally we thought it was going to be 5 o'clock do you think then that when they that that was intentional that they say oh we'll say 5 o'clock but we'll actually make it 8 o'clock and everybody will be delighted do you know that kind of mentality that's just to give people sweeties. That's all that is to kind of pacify people. Yeah, and people would say, "Oh my God, at least it's eight o'clock." That's all that is. But you look, there's no leadership there, and there's no, there's nobody up in Dublin that you can say has has a hold of this. All they're doing is hiding, putting us back into holes again, and everybody hide COVID here again. Like there's a million people, Neil, after getting over COVID, have successfully beat COVID. They can walk into pubs, clubs. They're all being told go home as well. They're cured. They've had COVID and they've won. But they've been sent home. There's nobody, there's no thing. At some stage, we're going to have to come out of the hole. And maybe it might be when two million of us get COVID. Maybe they're saying it will be when we get over the winter viral load, when this new tablet from Pfizer comes along and stuff like that in the new year. But for now, they They've winter on different parts of the world all the time. That's rubbish. We were told at the start that this COVID effect, look, they have it in Asia, they have it in... What do you make of Michael O'Leary saying that people shouldn't clearly be allowed to fly? People, he also said they shouldn't be allowed to go into hospital. They shouldn't be allowed to go into pharmacies. They shouldn't be allowed to go into pubs and restaurants. They shouldn't be allowed to go into supermarkets. He's saying. But ninety-nine percent of the people are going to get COVID, and ninety-nine percent of the people are going to get over. How do you know ninety-nine percent of the population is going to get this virus? Look, look at seven thousand people last night getting it. You only have to walk into a room and you get it. You know, and let's face it, the, the vaccine does not prevent you from getting right, COVID. Yeah. So we're all, we're all. So you're telling me that you know someone that won't get COVID, so. I hope that I don't. 
You'll get it. You're getting it and you'll get over it. Oh yeah, I'm not, I've, no, I've no particular fear of it. It's just the the isolation and the lock, the quarantining and not going to work and all that kind of stuff and you not can being do around. Taxes when, you can do your taxes when you're isolated for two weeks. That's what I do. Anyway, <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Like, you wouldn't want to be getting it this week now knowing that you can't sit down for a Christmas dinner. Unless all of you get it. Like. But, you're, you're, but you're told, they, listen, weeks ago, people were told by doctors if you get COVID, you're, you're, you're to stay at home and leave it go through the family. Everybody, we got COVID a few weeks ago. Every one of us got it. Right through the whole lot. The kids, the grandkids, everyone got it. Okay, um, okay. And we're all out. No, and half of us weren't vaccinated. Okay, now, just with regards to tonight, do you, do you think that there needs to be a contingency plan by the Garda Shikana and buses and transport and taxis and everything? Absolutely. So you're going to have eight to 10,000 rivers out on the streets, pretty much as drunk as you can get, all coming out at eight o'clock. I wonder, now, though. Know, I wonder, you, though. Listen, we're going to have five of the, we say, at least four of these nights this week are going to be the busiest nights of the year, regardless. Do you think that people are, but what about this fear that I'm hearing of, that people are just cancelling, cancelling, cancelling? But come here, they're still going to go for a couple of points. Young people have no fear. For God's sake, they'd walk off a cliff here. They have no fear. The town is going to be jammed. They're going to have 8,000 people out onto the street and no contingency plan. Okay, so you're saying that those that probably will be out in numbers will be maybe, I don't know, 35s and unders or something, just to give it a going to the toilet because the corporation won't even put up temporary the corporation knows right now there's going to be 8,000 people come out of bells and there's not even a temporary toilet going to be put up no remember you can still walk into the cop station and go to the bathroom like no that's the only thing that's going to be open but if you want to go to the bathroom over the next four days walk into the police station they have to leave you using uh, well, I don't want, I don't want the cop it. shops overrun with drunk people acting the flute either but well, you're, so, so you're I mean it'd be interesting to see if what you're <laughs> anticipating actually happens that they'll be falling out of the pubs at 8 o'clock and what parting on the streets going to going yeah, to the fountain you, going up to Washington Street to the courthouse stuff like that is it they're going to the court the streets are going to be full of where do you think they're going to go Neil they've been thrown out at 8 o'clock David <laughs> now hang in there don't go anywhere David do you think that's going to happen um, it probably will, but I, what I would say is that, uh, like, you know, talking about people are going to go to house parties at eight o'clock. I mean, even the, even the young people, they know they, they know that this is a, is a, a this variant. Well, it's not as dangerous as the Delta one. But having said that, anyone that would actually say when they come out of a pub, a gang of seven or eight, look, we'll go to your house there for the night. Like, and if they do, these people must have. Mustn't have an ounce of sense in their brain to go away and do that, like because they know they actually they know the consequences. So they want to be totally stupid to go into a house and drink for the night. Yeah, well, you know, maybe they might live under the uh, misapprehension that because they're vaccinated, they're all right. But uh, just from the point of view of eight o'clock, though, would you have thought well, that eleven o'clock would be would be better to prevent people gathering in homes? Well, when when the rumors came out last 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 Friday afternoon, and a lot of time last Friday. That I was going to be five o'clock, and then I said, "Well, who oh, no, and Nepid came up, but as you said, well, go no, that might have been a, pl- a plan to apply, you apply, but I haven't said that. If I wasn't, I mean, five five o'clock, like I mean, you can you can drink from one o'clock to five, and then the virus goes away, like, and then the five past five, you have to leave the place. But what I feel sorry for Neil, and what I rang in about is that it doesn't affect me that much. Like, you know, I go to the pub the weekend, I go in the afternoon, I don't drink at night time. I wouldn't go near the pubs at night time." But having said that, it's the publicans and the and 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 and, and the, the people and the, 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 the restaurant owners. Like, imagine going along to your staff. You have, you have a staff of twenty or thirty people in big restaurants or more, and you come along. Uh, staff to Christmas week. Sorry, um, there's no work for you this mm. week. Already had me. 
leave you're leaving to go. Mm. They've also got a lot of stock in, don't they, that they won't use? Yes, right. I heard a top chef on radio news talk that the morning. He'd just spent 3,000 euros on fish last Friday, and he doesn't know where he's going to use it. Like, he left it, I will give it away, or throw it out. Publicans have got their Christmas stock in, and a certain publican told me that the, that the, the breweries won't be taking it back. And, and also, I've heard uh, hotels also um, have cancelled uh, Christmas parties, obviously, and some of them are talking about losing 150,000, 200,000, quarter of a million in bookings just in the last 10 days. No, so well, that yeah, means that that means that that rocks on. Yeah, sorry, jump in, Jim. Yeah. Two seconds. Do you not hear yourselves talking there? There is nobody in control in the country. Like hiding, and every time we get up to six or seven thousand people getting COVID per day, they shut the country down. There's no need. There's a million people after getting over COVID. Why are they locked up? Just tell me why they're not in the pubs, why they're not in the restaurant. They can't get COVID. There's six months, according to them. Look, it's only six months. There could be more. There's a million people after getting over it. But your people, I mean, I don't want to be preaching here. That's the last thing we're doing. But somebody who's got COVID can still get it again and pass it on, yeah? They can, but they're yeah. over. I'm saying look, No, they are personally over no it, but it's responsibility yeah. to others. Like, if, if it was a case that anybody that wanted to go in everywhere had to take an antigen test 10 minutes beforehand, that possibly that, that, would fix that it. Probably, but Neil, if we keep going the way Netflix are saying to go on the government, right, we're looking at doing this for the next 40 years, right? Or you don't want to be hitting 95 or all trying to go in and chat a young one up in the bear. Yeah. Right? It's a yeah. bit clear. we got to stop. The whole thing has to stop. And we got to get guys that are in control and no signs. Every time Netflix showing that stupid... But your Ireland can't go rogue on this, you see. It's uh, not as if we're just doing anything differently to anybody else. We're not. Someone, it's not... Someone it's has to make a decision, Neil. So we're going. We're only going to follow Holland. now. you know what's coming next week. They're going to do a full shutdown because Holland has it done. Yeah. You watch. No, that means nobody in Dublin is in control. We have to stop this. The young people, the young people who are going to fly through COVID. My grandchildren flew through it. Neil, Neil, can I come back in for a minute? Yeah, finally, yeah. Got to move on then. Neil, Go ahead. Yeah. Listen, listen, Neil. This, 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 uh, as far as I can see, Neffet are, are, are the actual government. That, that the government that they're making the decisions. Like we have last Saturday, there was last Friday there was three thousand cases in Ireland, and Saturday there was seven thousand cases. Mm. Now on Friday there was four hundred and seven people in hospital, and on Saturday there was four hundred something. There was no increase in the hospital Saturday or yesterday. It's not about today or tomorrow or the next few yeah, days. It's, it's about three. three weeks' time. Neil, if we had spent the money on new hospitals, beds, sure manning the fucking ICU, sorry, manning the ICU beds, right? Instead of spending it on injecting young, healthy people. All right. There'd be people alive. All right, all right, I get all it. All they're doing I, is putting, I, 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 hospital, I, putting it into bloody comas. And we need to put, someone needs to be in charge. I get it, and I get it. That means that the young people have to come out on the streets and demonstrate, do it. We have to do something to tell the government you're doing it wrong. Well, do you, think that, do you think that the vintners should have just got on to all of the members and said, do not abide by this, stay open? It's open. We're two do you years. really think that, yeah? We're two years, Neil. We're a whole year now with the injections and the booster programme. And we're locking up for Christmas. We weren't even locked up last Christmas. And you know, I, I was freaking out over that. A year after everybody being injected, we're in a worse position. And people still think... I know, and, I, and I hate to be... I, I hate to be kind of doubling back on you all of the time, but we didn't do what we did last year. We did it this year instead. And then January of last year was a nightmare. Oh, so hang on a second. We have, we have the super wonder drug, the silver bullet. It doesn't work. And locking up every time we have numbers is not working. All right. Okay, let me... Neil, 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 Ne
Just one last point. When this whole pandemic started, Sam McConkey and Jerry Killeen and all other experts were telling us there was going to be 20,000 deaths. Now, Leo Varadkar came along last Saturday morning uh, and said that there's a tsunami of cases coming down the track. Now, listen, we all know what a tsunami... The old people in the houses listening to the radio don't... We know what a tsunami is. And, be, and, then, and then you had uh, Michal Martin on Friday night and said, you, what's coming ahead... What's coming next week in the next three weeks is, is actually something that we have never, ever seen before. Like, who wants to hear that kind of crap? That's more rubbish. I tell you what, we fear. want to, we yeah, do, we'll all put medals in. How can we see champions 2022 if we don't get this thing sorted? Lines open at 1850 104 106. Thank you both. Thank you, David. Thank you, Jim. Back in a second. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086 8104 Red FM. And you can text 086 8104 Lots of emails to Neil at uh, redfm.ie. Jim is actually picking up on a point in his email, actually, that Jim made on the air. He says, I'm contacting you just to see, does anybody have a rational reason why we're still showing daily numbers of COVID infections, what does it matter? If it's 7,000 or 30,000 or a million people have it, it doesn't affect the hospital no, as long as, as if it doesn't affect the hospital numbers. It does nothing but scare the elderly, the people they claim they're trying to help the most. That's a point that the lads were making, actually scaring people. Um, and he goes on to say it's inevitable that the numbers will skyrocket because it transmits like the common cold, but will the government give the real reason or just continue to scare people? The doctor's interview on Fox News and people can Google it and hear it from the horse's mouth that Omicron is like a Christmas present, a variant that is easily transmitted, but not deadly. But will this be reported? No, because it doesn't suit the narrative. So why listen to the professionals? Um, another one here. I'm, to say that I'm heartbroken is an understatement. Today will be a very long day for us working in the industry, waiting for the announcements to come. Um, and of course, we did get an announcement on Friday, as, I know, as we know, and this email came in ahead of that. So assuming uh, that uh, the person who sent the email is now aware that it's 8 p.m., she says that uh, very little is ever mentioned about the people that work in our industry and how it will affect them. All they seem to touch on ever is how people will be disappointed that their Christmas parties will be cancelled. We really are looked at as the lowest form of society. We see it day to day, people flouting the rules, um, where babysitters at work stay at your table, wear your mask, don't move around. It's like working in a creche for adults. It's frustrating to continuously watch when it's our livelihoods being targeted because of the behaviour of our customers when at the end of the day, they'll probably still have their own jobs to go to on Monday. Don't give out my details. And that's from the eyes and ears of a hospitality worker and appreciate you for that. Um, lots then talking about uh, Christmas-related stuff. And I love that. So keep those coming. Like, thank you, Terry. Terry sent me on a photograph of a 63-year-old Christmas decoration What was that was bought way back in the day in the coal K. And to describe it as, the best way I can describe it is kind of like a wonky-looking Santa Claus, but still very beautiful and cute probably hand-painted and made, I suppose, individually out of, um, you know, maybe by hand, possibly started off in a mould and then hand-painted all the way down to the cotton wool. It's a beautiful one. You should be very proud to have it up on your Christmas tree in spite of the fact that you said as a child, I remember how awful he looked when I was a young boy. But my mam wants me to pass the horror on to my own kids 
and have him hanging on their tree as well. And so why not, says Terry, and so say all of us. So that's it. I wouldn't, I don't think that it would go into the ugly Christmas decoration category, Terry. I think it's very, very beautiful. And one fast one then with regards to um, what's lying ahead on the Christmas table on Christmas Day. Amongst them, of course, the Brussels sprouts. Uh, I, I have to admit that I agree with you talking about chefs saying that kids can be very fussy when it comes to what they eat. Actually, the Italian chef Gino says he doesn't take any nonsense from his kids. If they won't eat it for dinner, he'll serve the same food for breakfast. Uh, anyway, Mandy says, My dad, God rest him, used to make me sit at the table for hours until I finished my veggies, especially my sprouts, which now, 45 years later on, I love. I made my children just take one mouthful of everything unless they decided they'll... And until then, they had to take it and then they could decide whether they liked it or not. Uh, and then I gave it to them in a few times again until I actually figured out myself that they actually, you know, will never ever eat it. But at least you got them to try one, st- one taste. A lot of the time they ate it, but there were a couple of things they really hated, so I wouldn't give it to them again. The only way I think you'll ever find out is at least try once and taste it once, including... Brussels sprouts. Now it's interesting but thank you Mandy. Uh, P.S. I use uh, Feed Cork to help me and Sharon and all of the people there are fantastic so mention the lads and ladies who help out there says Mandy uh, who gets help on a regular basis from Feed Cork and I'm delighted they're helping you out. The only problem with sprouts of course is that um, you know it's not everybody's cup of tea and I remember my son would never eat sprouts and I used to try and coax him or dare him to eat one. I never meant him to pick up the whole thing as he did one Christmas and swallow it whole <laughs> I mean, there was a choking fit followed that one. And also, do you ever think, why do we insist on kids eating food and finishing food? Like you would never hassle an adult to finish their meal, would you? So why do it to a kid? Hey, it's Kira. Tune in to Saturday Breakfast on Red FM from 7 a.m. And wake up your weekend with music, chats and all that's happening in Cork. That's Saturday Breakfast on Red FM with me, Kira Revens. You're listening to the number one talk show in Cork, the Neil Prendeville Show. It's the best in Cork. On Red FM. And a little later this morning, we have Reggie in studio. Hello, old stock. How are you? And Reggie, of course, uh, will be chatting with us because uh, I want to see what life is like for him at the run-up to Christmas and how he'll be spending Christmas and how is Bunty Harrington getting on and Ducky Prendergast and all of his friends and relations and everybody at the captains of Cork industry. He's also actually written a play, Reggie, at the Everyman, and it happens in March, and I'll give away some double tickets for an evening with Reggie at the Everyman a little later on this morning. But for now, we have 350 euro vouchers. And in about, I don't know, maybe say 40 minutes time, maybe 35 minutes time, we'll open the phone lines, take callers live, a 350 euro voucher for the English market. Imagine what you could spend that on. 350 euro in the English market go a long, long way. And maybe that's on your cards this week when you pop into the city, a bit of shopping in the English market, and why not? So we're looking for the longest ho, ho, ho. We did this last year and good fun with it. Whoever literally can hold their ho, ho, ho for the longest wins. And I'll open the phone lines for those of you with the big lungs um, just before midday today and a 350 euro voucher courtesy of ourselves and the English market. Just one or two quick texts. I hope all is well with you in these strange times. I hope you get a chance to read this out. A family member of mine works in Bantry Hospital. She's worked all through the pandemic, never once complained, only got on with it along with all the other hardworking colleagues. HSE's Paul Reed was on the radio worrying about the pressure on HSE staff. It's nothing short of laughable to be saying they're worried. The staff in Bantry Hospital got a lunch for Christmas for the gratification of working so hard. But yet nurses still have to pay their €100 nursing registration fee after all of their hard work. 
This country is hilarious. Hope you have a lovely Christmas. Don't give out my details. It's unfair. I get that. It's unfair as other people who went to work all the way through this uh, last 20, 21 months and put their shoulders to the wheel and got no thanks for it. And others, of course, who took whopping pay cuts. Uh, so, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that we shouldn't single out HSC workers and nurses. I am saying that they should come in for special accreditation, but there are others just like them who are also suffering and have been over the past 20 months. Lines were open, one 106 Here's a lovely story, a cutesy story. Jessica Thompson, morning. Can you hear me all right? All right, well, here we go. Let me see if I've got her on one. Jessica. Hello. Ah, uh, there you are. Okay, sorry. I'm, I'm mad keen to hear all about your son, Cameron. Yes, so last week, maybe the week before, um, we were... Sorry about that. It's one of those dodgy lines. I don't know why that is. Uh, uh, are you still there, Jessica? No, no. I really, I want to hear about uh, about Cameron, and I will come back to him. He's a little 10-year-old lad, and they're very proud of him because he's an interesting story, and his man will tell it to me at some stage revolving, involving money that he came across and found. But for the Christmas time and the Christmas season, I'm mad keen to try and up our, our, um, our ration of Christmas songs. This is a first outing for Cliff Richard. The child is a king the carolers sing. Ah, you betcha. Thanks, Neil, for playing that particular Christmas song. I love it, says Susanna Callahan, living in Tipperary, but originally from Cork. And talking about being originally from Cork, good morning to Nicola and Nason and all of the Martin family. Lovely text saying, I'd like to wish my old neighbour in Australia a happy Christmas with her husband Anthony and three kids, Ava, Dara and Lucy. They used to live in Connolly Park in Balafihan. They're about 10 years in Australia now. Have a wonderful Christmas. Also, happy Christmas to my cousin Sarah Looney and her husband Matt and daughter Leah and Sarah from Deer Park and Matt from Ballancolic, all living in Australia for years and years. We miss them all. And imagine they're listening online, like many people do uh, all over the world. And that's from Nicola, Nason and the Martin family. I actually got a lovely email in from Pauline down in Middleton. She said, just want to tell you what my children say about you. They say they feel like you're another... <laughs> they say they feel like you're another member of the family. Well, there's some members of mine wouldn't mind if I moved in with yours. Anyway, why? Well, because you're on in the house every morning. You're played in the evening time on podcast if we miss the show. You're played when we're in Portugal on our holidays. My daughter was in transition work experience recently. She said, guess who I was listening to at work today? Neil Prendival. Love your show. Happy Christmas to you all. They're lovely messages to get at the end of the year. They're lovely messages to get any time of the year, but particularly as we round off a busy year. Thank you for that and to all of the ones that come in. Get in touch. Text 0868104106. Right, let's see if I can hear of Cameron's story now. Jessica, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Ah, great. You're back again. Now, I know the Cameron, I know the Cameron is 10 and he walked in the door home from school. Was it last Friday? Last Friday, or could have been a couple of days before that, um, Cameron picked up, he's seen a lot of change and money fall from the back of a car on the park road and him and his brother gathered it up and was excited, obviously, thinking he had all this money to himself. So and what, like, did he tell you what he, he, like, literally money, just notes flew out it, the window of a car? It just, it was on the back of a car. I think it was on a bike and it just had fallen from the bike. And Cameron picked it all up and he brought it in and said, look, ma'am, I think this might belong to someone because of it being Christmas. So he decided to bring it into the um, guards and he handed it in and he was very proud to do so. Mallow guard said, did you count it first? No, he didn't even count it. No, he just knew straight away that it was belonging to someone, especially when there was so much change um, 
that he picked up and he oh just said, Mum, I think we should hand it in. It's someone's saving for Christmas. Go away. I wonder if it was yeah. it like hundreds so or we, thousands? We went down or, well, and we handed it in and maybe an hour, an hour and a half later, Cameron got a phone call back saying it was from the air ambulance, but there was, it was a collection from the air ambulance. Go away. They had made a collection and were transporting it somewhere and unbeknownst to them, it fell off the back of the bike or what have you. That's right. And he was very proud and he was he was delighted with himself that he handed it in. And then coming out of school on Friday, he was after getting a card with 50 euros inside in it to say how, how thankful they were that he handed it in. And it was just a life lesson learned for Cameron. He was just over the moon. And um, I just think that it was a lovely thing for him to do. And the reward meant so much because he now learned a life lesson. It's amazing. And who sent him the card? And the 50 uh, a bucks. called Danny Fitzpatrick. He's part of the air ambulance, um, I'm assuming. It was a lovely Christmas card and it just said thank you for his, his honesty and his integrity. And it just meant so much to Cameron to receive a card, you know, stating that and, and that acknowledged his, 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 his kindness. And that's his, and his 50 honesty. euro now to do with as he pleases, I imagine. Oh, sure, he went straight down and bought PlayStation uh, points for himself when he was over the moon. And uh, he told everybody, and the story is just repeatedly, you know, everybody is just amazed at the situation, especially when he didn't know what it was for. I know, you know? I know, and I know, you know, because all too often, sadly, we hear of stories where money gets lost and it doesn't get returned. And, you know, we could learn a lesson from young people in that regard. Yeah, so I was absolutely delighted that he wanted to hand it in and the reward just meant so much, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were also saying that a couple of weeks back we were talking on the air about a lad who saved an elderly woman, is that right? That's right, that would be my son Jay. (laughs) What's Um, that about? Tell me more about that. (laughs) So my son Jay was inside in town and he just (laughs) seen this old lady that looked like she was going to faint. And he just ran over from where he was and caught her before she fell and um, hit her head. And he actually had it on the air. Um, I remember. Uh, well, I think I yeah. might have been talking to that lady. Yes. and um, Was that was your actually, son? That was my son, Jay, yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm very proud of the, the boys, yeah. So, yeah, um, before she fell, he, he saved her from... How old is Jay? Jay is 12. Isn't that amazing? Jay at 12 and Cameron at 10. You should be very proud of them. And also... Take a oh, bow yourself, they're well-reared young fellas. Thank you so much, that means a lot. Yeah, I was absolutely delighted with the whole, whole okay. situation. Okay. Yeah, Where do you like. guys live? We live in Mallow. Okay, well, I, you know something? I don't know whether you can use it, you're probably all set up, but I have one or two turkey, ham and spiced beef vouchers still left. Would you like one? Oh, I would absolutely love it. Thank I'd you so say you'll do damage to it. So you. it's a turkey breast, half a ham and a spiced beef, and you can collect that, and I'll get it sorted today for you from the Groner Braher branch of McCarthy's Meat Market, all right? Thank you so much. You're Thank welcome. Thank you very much. And Thanks. well done. And, and you too, and Cameron and Jay as well. Congratulations on two great sons. Thanks, Jessica. Thanks. Thanks a million. Bye. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. And as the week goes on, we'll be doing more Christmas greetings here at home, around the country, and indeed around the world. So if you're listening overseas, do get in touch. Email neil at redfm.ie if you want to give a shout out. Perhaps you had intended to come home and because of the carry-on that we're living these days, it has to be uh, suspended or cancelled or 
put on the long finger. Maybe it also happened to you last year. So get in touch and we'll pass on season's greetings. Actually, somebody got in touch with me from America. I'm living in America, although I'm from Cork, and I wrote a Christmas story that was published in the Hollybow in 2009. I wonder if you read stories over the air at Christmas time. Perhaps you might read it, says Eileen. I would. But you need to come back to me and tell me the story. Actually, send me your story that was published in the Hollybow in 09, and we'll see what he can do for you at that stage. So get back in touch on that one. Birthday shout-outs as well between now and midday, including a fast one. Happy birthday to Stephanie Murray. Have a fantastic day from all of the family. Um, and lots more besides. But I want to get back to the phone lines. We had a lot of fun last week. All of it started with Robert trying to come up with a Christmas present uh, for his, uh, his wife at Christmas time. Somebody was suggesting the COVID jab, maybe. Don't do it. Don't do it. Anyway, prompted many calls, texts and emails. Mary. Hello. Hi, And, and you, were listen, you were listening to all of our carry-on and banter last week, particularly I on was, Friday. I and we were talking about bad gifts as well. Yes. Yeah. We, we, we listen to you all the time here. I'm, I'm actually working here in y'all. And I'm from y'all. But I had to laugh. And every year I just I just think of this and I'm joking. It's so funny. Well, it was 27 years ago and my daughter was born in the Erinville Hospital in Cork. Right. And he brought me back down to the room after being in the recovery room and there was two inside in the room with me and I looked across and around this woman was there and she was all done up to the nines and here was I was like, oh, pulled through a dryer. And here she was. <laughs> Why and was she, she all was, done up to the nines? Has she just... Oh, I don't know, she lipstick and everything on her And has she just had that. the baby? She had just had the baby in the end, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and here was I after being, uh, having a section cut from one end to the other. <laughs> Maybe and, somebody uh, anyway, else had it for her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. Anyway, we looked across and here she's in the biggest bunch of flowers that she, anyone could ever have. <laughs> so my husband came in after me and I, I said to him, he said, oh, I'm hungry. He says to me, I said, oh, oh all right. What? So he said, okay, I'm hungry, he says to me, you know. <laughs> so I said, so I said, listen, I said, get to go in and get something to eat. I said, and come back later. So I said, listen, I said, and, you, and you're going away. So I said, please, I said, bring back a lovely bunch of flowers to me. <laughs> so I, and a nice card. Because you're one across so, in the bed is putting me yeah, to shame. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she's smiling over at me with the lipstick and everything. So next thing was, anyway, he went off and came back for about an hour. And I'm waiting now for these flowers. And he comes in the door and anyway, with this big pot plant a, a big bright geranium plant in a plastic brown pot God almighty and I'm looking at him and I said oh my god I said where did you get that he said oh across in the garage there was a garage across in the anvil I don't know if it's still there Neil or us I said for god's sake I said why didn't you get me a bunch of flowers and here's your one now and she's listening to him and she's smiling at me and everything and he said sure he said when we go home to see you can plant it in the garden <laughs> So I said I'd say nothing, and I said, "Look, thanks." I said, "Thanks." Like that. And was your one, your one across the oh, bed was probably was yeah, she she's kind of sneering or mortified she smiled for you or mocking? She just smiled. God love you. You know what I mean? Just smile. Oh my so God! Anyway, to have anyway, a he said, "Yeah, like yeah, yeah." Lovely car there. He said, "Fire." So he went away, and when this nurse came in, I said, "Nurse, so will you ever give me the car there?" I said, and she opened it for me because I was after having a section, and she opened it for me, and she said, "Oh, a lovely picture of a flower in the front of it." And I said, "Oh, it's nice." Next to she said, Oh my God! Oh my God! She said, Happy birthday! <laughs> what? I, I said, What? Uh, Happy birthday! Because I was drugged up to the nine, so I did not keep my mouth shut. I said, Sure, it's not my birthday! And she said, Oh, sorry. Excuse inside me. The card, excuse inside the card, Neil was happy birthday. But excuse me now for interjecting, but on behalf of yeah. all men, he was technically yeah. right. It was <laughs> a birthday. So the yeah. card is technically yeah. right. 
Yeah, the card was right for my daughter that was just born, but not for me, Neil. No, I know, I, I, I know that, but <laughs> I'm just trying to cut the poor misfortune some yeah, slack here. Yeah, yeah, well, you know what? He, he must have been all right because we had two other children after that. So, you know what I mean? But here's the one, she's still looking over me, and I, she actually turned her back on me, so I say she was laughing. I actually say she was laughing and not joking. The nurse couldn't get out of the room fast enough. She was just saying, oh my God, she said like that. But she, I knew she was laughing. She didn't even take my blood pressure like she was supposed to. She just walked out the door laughing. You didn't take your blood pressure because she knew no, it was high? No, no, because I would have killed them. I would have killed them and not joking. I mean, yeah. anybody that walks into a woman who's just given birth to a baby yeah. and says, I'm hungry, needs yeah, his head yeah. tested. I'm hungry, like. he says to me. I'm hungry. I said, yes. I like, want to get something to eat. So I said, well, he was with me, Neil, above. Cause I had a section. He was in with me and stuff like that. You know what I mean? No, but, no, no, no. You should oh keep God. that kind of information you need to keep yeah. to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Neil, I tell everyone, it's 27 years ago now, Neil, right? <laughs> and that daughter that was born, right? She's expecting her first baby in <laughs> February. What's her name? Leanna. Leanna O'Callaghan. She's 27 yeah. and born in she, the Ernville. My son is 27 and born in the Ernville, not around oh, the same time. Really? What, what month? It was July the 26th. Oh, well, he's, my son was February, but same hospital, yeah. same year. Yeah. So congratulations. Oh, great hospital. Lovely memories from there, Neil. Lovely memories from there. Great hospital, great doctors, everything. I know, I know you're down in Yall. Is Yall particularly lovely this Christmas? It's actually beautiful, absolutely gorgeous. We had a lovely market here on Saturday. Um, Trunks people and everything like that. And everybody, you know, everybody have a Christmas All the lights up and everything? Yes, all the lights are beautiful, absolutely beautiful. You should come down and see it. Come down at night time and see it, Neil, and just drive through. We could yeah, see it. I love to hit you all on New Year's Eve. That's the time yeah. for me to walk the beach and have a bit of food in you all. Love yeah, it. Yeah, it's just beautiful. I'm not joking. I really, do you really ever, And it. do you do all of your shopping local in you all then as well? I do as much as I can. Yeah. Yes, I do as much as I can. Unfortunately, I can't do everything, you know, with toys and this and that. And, I know. So, you know, uh, so a turkey, a ham and a spice beef voucher would be wasted on you down in Yall, I suppose. Oh, Neil, I'd love it. Yeah, but how I'd are you going to get it? Like, you'd have to come up to the city. I'm coming up Christmas Eve. I'm off, I'm off for Christmas Eve and I'm coming to the city Christmas okay, Eve. Okay, I've got one or my two left. I don't know that yet now, so, you know. But well, you, you, better, know you better get one. You know why? Because your husband will say, I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Neil, thanks a minute. Neil, could you give a shout out to my next, to my my godson, Kyle Hagerty? He's actually eight today, and right. he's so special to me. He's one of the loves of my life. Happy Not birthday joking. to Kyle! Then, in regards yeah. to you, Mary. Okay, stay there. Let me get some love. details from you. Take okay, care. Happy Christmas. Take care. Bye bye. Hands open one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Remember, a three hundred and fifty euro voucher to give away all week, one a day for the English market. More on that in about twenty minutes' time. Meanwhile, Morris, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you, sir? Here, I'm grand. I'm grand. Trying to accentuate the positive. You know how it is. I do, boy. I do. And here's me coming on with a negative. Here, yeah, but I'll, I'll bat back against you to try and stay as positive as right. I can. Okay, okay. <laughs> but you've well, got an elephant in a room somewhere, have you? I well know I'm telling you about an elephant room with the restrictions. Yeah. You know, I was listening this morning and the girls wanted me to come on this morning, but I was a bit busy. So All right, kid. All right. Well, now, give me an opportunity to share what's on your mind. <laughs> Okay, well, I've just, you know, uh, the new restrictions now, I'm closing at 8pm and, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. Is there going to be another lockdown now because of this Omicron variant? And I'm just looking at the whole thing now, Neil, and I'm probably like a lot of people out there, sick, fed up and depressed of the whole thing right now, Neil. I'm someone who caught COVID recently and recovered from it. So I'm coming from a kind of experience here now when I make this call, right? Yeah. Um. I'm looking at the whole science behind this, right? And they're saying, right, we're going to 
slow the spread and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. Now, we have four or 5,000, I think we had 6,000 cases there one of the days last week. Seven so if you well. tallied all these figures for the last two months or so, right, you have a huge number of people who have contracted and recovered from the coronavirus or whichever variant it is, right? Well, so, some many would say at this stage the mild Omicron. Well, we don't know which one it is. Received, all right, okay. We, we, all right. We'll okay. just say it's one of. It's either that. And is your point then connected to closing hospitality or my, what? My point is this then, Neil. Right? When when you have no this huge swathe of the population, right, which are now naturally immune to coronavirus, right, you have in that section of your population hard immunity. This is the thing. If you go right back to the start of it, that the UK government were talking about and were slaves at the time, get to herd immunity. This is what the vaccination Yeah, sure, they're, program, as bad, they're in as bad a place as we are, you know. Yeah, but the vaccination program was supposed to bring us to this as well, to herd immunity. We've got a section of our population now which are naturally immune. And what the government now is proposing to do is to shut everything down again and lock away the naturally immune, right? There's your asset what there. Do you mean by, but what do you mean by naturally immune? If, if you've had an infection, yeah. Neil, right, yeah. of the virus, of any virus, it could be the flu, it could be the common cold. And, yeah, and but you can you, carry the virus. You, you, but you can't transmit it, Neil, you're not, you're not shedding it. How right? do you know that? Because the science is there, if you've read up on the things over the last two years, the whole point of your 10-day or 14-day isolation, is to clear right? Is to clear out the virus is to clear the virus, yeah. bring you to a point where you're not transmitting but the, the but virus many anymore. But pe- many people would be carrying coronavirus for four or five days before they even know. And I was one of those people, Neil. Yeah. So, right? so being vaccinated doesn't stop you spreading it. I was vaccinated, Neil, and I wore the mask and I went to yeah. like septic exam. For so the only, the only game in town should have been free antigen tests for everybody. Now, notwithstanding, I have a text here said that my son did three antigen tests, all of them were negative. Next day he tested positive in a PCR. Okay. So I don't know what that's that about. Yeah, well, that he probably had the infection a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago and didn't know it. Do you understand me? Yeah. The antigen is not picking it up then, but he's still PCR positive. He'd be PCR so, so your point is, I'm just time conscious, that let the, recovered, is, let the recovered do whatever they want, is it? Like why, why haven't we a situation now? You have restaurateurs now, you have bar people coming on to you there and over, right? And their, their, their businesses are being shut down now again against their will, right? And like I said, you have a section of the population that are immune to the virus. Why, why are we being locked down now? Why are we, the, the, the recovered people, being put in to, to self-isolation, if you want to call it that, right? And, and, and socially distance yourself, right? When we're no threat to anybody and we're no threat to ourselves, right? It makes no sense to me. I, like, you'd have to do the stats now and get the figures for the last two months since we went into this fourth wave, but you right? Know, you know, unless I've been living under a rock somewhere, mm-hmm. that somebody who's got COVID can get it again. Well, you know that? Yeah. I, I do understand so that. So how view, does right? your argument stack up then with the one million that you want but, to have a free hand? You're giving the figure of one million there, and I don't know where that came from, right? But I'm just, we, we work with that. But the one million, I'm talking about having people, having a society, right? And having, having an economy, having pubs open, having bars open, etc., etc. I was inside the Man last night, right? For John Spillane. Great show, Neil. Lovely job. Everybody sitting down in an auditorium, right? Next to each other with a mask on your face, right? Yeah. Getting a glass of wine in a plastic cup. Yeah. Okay, which was okay. And take it from the bar into an auditorium where you're sitting cheek by jaw with people. I was saying, this is ludicrous, right? And then to go back into the bar, now to go into the place, you had to show your COVID pass, right? Which meant you were either recovered or you were vaccinated, one or the other, 
Okay? So everything was done according to the regulation. But it made no sense. And I'm sitting aside in the bar. The bar people are telling me, we're closing soon now. If you want ex- if you want to get another drink now, we'll be gone in a couple of minutes otherwise. You know? Mm-hmm. This is not a night out at all. Like, there's people out there. But it's called the best of a bad lot. That's what that night out is. I, I don't think so, Neil. I mean, if you keep hiding, you would have called around earlier. If you keep hiding from this virus, what you're going to do, right, is you're going to take that immunity and you're going to make that wane, right? So this one million figure that you quoted there, well, anecdotally, right? Anecdotally, it's not an accurate yeah, figure, but I'm saying Yeah, well, I know that, yeah, but I'm working with it, right? But, like, their immunity is going to wane, my immunity is going to wane. The way I look at it, no, the more I'm exposed now to that virus, the better I'll be because I'll keep my antibody count high. That's the whole point of people getting vaccinated, Neil, that they were giving... Uh, a replica of the of of, of the, the spike protein thing that they were talking yeah, about, right? Okay, okay. And it was to build up your antibody. Somebody level. says you can't get herd immunity to coronavirus. You're incorrect. You also can't get herd immunity to the likes of flu or a common cold. You can get COVID twice. You should remind I did that. Dell says if yeah. that if you could get herd immunity from flu, we wouldn't have flu seasons or common you colds. Get, you, but what happens, Neil, is you get the flu in winter time, right? I, I agree with your callers there, but I, what I'm explaining to you is you get the flu in wintertime because everybody goes into closed situations, into pubs, nightclubs, whatever else, right? Somebody introduces that virus. It goes around the place. We all take it home then. We introduce it to a family. So you have a wave of flu every year, right? And what happens is you recover from the flu. And over the spring and the summer, you're not exposed to the flu. Your immunity to it drops. And then it comes in another slight variant following season yes. and off you Whereas go you're again. you're saying is there all year long. Okay. But okay. how do we know that things like COVID haven't been happening for years? It's just that the science has figured it out this time. I think what happened was the Chinese built that big hospital and scared the whole world. Remember that thing they built a hospital yeah. in the week? Yeah. Like what did they know back then that we didn't know to say that they had to build that big hospital? Scared the whole world and then off we go. No, I'm not saying it's not a dangerous virus because it does look the science is there. It does kill, kill people who have weak communities. It does pick off people with underlying conditions. I will accept that. But when you fit and healthy people who can take it on and who can beat it, beat it on their own, they're actually an asset. They're an asset in the pandemic. By the time they're covered, they're useful people in society. I work as a lorry driver now. I know from my employment now, no matter where I go in the country, who I meet, for the next couple of months I'm not picking up the virus right, well I'm, I'd love to just continue the conversation on that point alone Morris because you know, I, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't think you're right in that regard you know I really right. do but because maybe you've had COVID already but it doesn't stop you spreading it that's the thing and I don't want to be the doom and gloom merchant of following or being a voice piece for Neffet but listen I yeah, can I, pick up on this tomorrow I, I really do need me to move on but I'm always keen to get people's points of view yours included back after the break Reggie's in studio to lighten the mood the new Prendival show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 1850 104 106. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Reggie's in studio, but just by way of introduction. Hello, Old Fox. Listen, the best seat in Ireland list is out shortly, and the last thing what now is for Cork to come second to that shower of bongo jugglers up in Galway. So, Bunty, myself, bought a camera, and we said we'd make a video to showcase the highlights of our hometown, and here it is. Cork, beautiful city, charming and pretty. Beautiful city, my home by the Lee. Or in the Every time there's a drop of rain. Cork is known as the Venice of the North, but people have never been to Venice, or Bruges, or Birmingham, really. Birmingham has very nice canals. Cork is an old city, older than Dublin, and with much taller buildings. 
Now there were Vikings here in the 9th century who fought and beat the Vikings from Waterford, or as it's known, the Dacia, which is the old Norse word for open sewer. The city emerged as a major trading port in the British Empire and made a lot of guys very rich. These guys were known as merchant princes. Or langer down by the people who had to work for them. Bloody communists. There's no gratitude. Anyway, a lot of these merchant princes would have bought places over here in St. Luke's and Montanotti that you see behind me. And those areas are still very popular today. For people who can't afford the Black Rock Road. Now this is the marina with Porky Tweed behind us. Corks, which is world-class athletes, is some very serious sports, as well as race walking. I heard that. With a Rod Heffernan. Courtney very respectable for Toker. Now, this is the English market. It's full of traditional Cork aromas like Drusheen and the whiff of entitlement off the foodies down from St. Luke's. Great place if you want to get a bit of bodice, which is the old Cork word for revenge. Simple recipe. You get a very nice bit of spare rib and you boil the shit out of it. Out of pure malice. Now, behind me here is the corporate art gallery. You might know this, but the definition of an intellectual in Cork is someone who goes in here when they don't even need to use the jacks. And this is Shandon. Now, you can walk the clock tower there and play some famous tunes on the bells. I was just up there. I said to the guy, I'd like to play a song by the Beatles. He said, which one? I said, help. He said, why? I said, because I'm on the north side. He didn't like it. The Norris like, they have no sense of humour. I hope you enjoyed my potted history of Cork. It's never a bad time to visit, but I'd recommend August because all the knuckle-draggers have gone to Gary Cole. <laughs> I heard that as well. Oh, Robert, you fierce flyer. Just trying to get away from you, you liner. You see? No gratitude. None. Reggie, good morning. Neil Oldslock, how's it going? It's lovely to meet you in person, and finally. Well, I wish I could say the same, but you drive me all the way out to Bishopstown. I mean, couldn't you afford the Model Farm Road? <laughs> no, but at least we're on the south side, for if this studio was on the north side, you probably wouldn't be here at all. Well, I'm not so sure about that. There's a reason I'll have to be going to the north side soon. No, I mean, I would never regard Bishopstown as the south side anyway. It's not my south side, so just so you understand it, you know what I mean? The south side... And the south side. And that plans are afoot, uh, which I'll be revealing in, in, my, in my new play as to how we're going to move Bishopstown out of the south side so I don't have to share it with the kind of people. Have you, you know, people live here in semi detached houses. <laughs> Neil, have you ever seen that? <laughs> Two houses, one next to the other, with no, with no walls between them. But what, tell me, I'm curious to know, what do you do? I mean, do you well, work? Are you one of the. I'm, you call I'm yourself the life, a captain of Cork yeah, Industry. I'm the lifetime president of the captains of Cork Industry, Cocky, right? Uh, I, well, I don't really do anything. I wouldn't have time to have a job because I'm too busy trying trying to set standards across Leaside that's our main our main mission uh, and then you know while while you know paying zero tax and cheating on my wife so you know I have a very busy life you know it's not as easy as I make it sound uh, but I wouldn't have time for a job per se and very few of us would really <laughs> you, but but there's you and how's Bunty Harrington for instance and yeah. how's Scobie Comerford getting on yeah well Bunty's grand. Scobie's having a bit of trouble at the moment he's our accountant uh, he forgot he's to carry, in jail though is he? he yeah he forgot to carry the one Alice is small it's understanding <laughs> he's above in the white collar unit above in Mount Joy. He loves it actually. They're after putting in a lazy river Neil and the new chef. He said that the food has just gone to the next level completely. He loves going in there actually, break from his wife. What did you say? He missed out on a zero, is it? Yeah, he forgot to carry the one. Yeah. I mean it's been a regular occurrence and the, the revenue are very tough on that kind of thing. Like so, you know, and that's my main job, obviously, trying to avoid paying any tax. Because you know what they do with it, Neil? They put it on an old sculpture up in a up in a roundabout in Mallow. They, that's what they use my tax for. And even people in Mallow don't think that's a work of art. Best avoided then, I suppose. At Mallow, absolutely. If you can. Yeah. And they will so shortly, thank God they're building a motor. But you are you in Douglas? Or are you are you actually what? on my, the Black Rock my Road? My solicitor will be in touch when he gets out of jail. I'm on the Black Rock Road. You can't really see it unless, you know, maybe when the plane banks right 
coming out of Cork Airport, right? Although you probably go left for Lanzarote because <laughs> I know you're a bit rough. Um, so, but you'd be able to see it. Anyone who's kind of going to the nicer parts over to Europe, you'll be able to see it below. Massive, huge place, really. So you wouldn't actually know until you see it how huge. We all live, there's kind of a row of us, all the lads. Where do you, I mean, where are you a Marks and Spencer shopper? Would you go to the English market? Would you venture down to the marina market, for instance, too far no, from where no, you No, no, they're letting all sorts down. So we'd nightmare at the marina when they, when they pedestrianise it. <laughs> knuckle drag, well, complete knuckle draggers in, in, in cars and with seven year warranties. Who keeps a car for seven Seven years, Neil. Do you know what I mean? And in Glen Rovers jerseys, we first we tried to put up a gate to block them by getting to see how they pronounce Cork, <laughs> Cork, because you know Cork, or then the bishops sound to be Cork. You know they try, but they don't try hard enough. Um, but no, they're letting all sorts. I've so I'm kind of basically paying backhanders up left, right, and centre to city council to to close off the marina if possible because they're just peering into my back garden. Primary school teachers from coach and everything. Like, would you, so you'd zone areas of like for instance, mm. you, you have an issue with the north side. Are you talking about all of the when you call it? Yeah. Are sure there'd be fellas and girls like you over on Sunday as well in Montenegro? No, there aren't. Yes, what, there what are. What are they doing over Where, there? Do they all come south? They just couldn't get the mortgage approval for the Blackrock Road. Not that I have a mortgage, obviously, I don't need it. I inherited loads of money from my aunt. But, you know, they just couldn't afford it. So they're stuck over there uh, looking down on us. Very sad. And lots of them would be kind of. I mean, Montenegro is basically like Mayfield with a bit of gravel on the drive. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so, and they're over there looking down. And Sunday as well, what? You need an unobstructed view of a first art student inside getting sick into his shoe. Do you know what I mean? Who needs it? No, no, no. So it's Blackrock road the whole way so ideally we'd like to you know Blackrock Road Brexit basically so it just leaves a lot of you behind but particularly the north side obviously do you ever try and yeah, what do you ever try and what? do you ever try and hug a river actually because you know I look at, out at the river every morning and go you're the one thing standing between me and the Norries and I try to kind of get my arms around it which if you've had a few jars actually it's not too hard you want to keep it that way oh, but God, do, yeah. you have issues with water because was it during the summer there was all sorts of palaver about the different beaches that certain members of society well, should or should not be allowed to visit correct I mean one of my the main jobs I, I, I is that Crook now Crook Haven I suppose yeah. so we have divided up so any any beach, right, from Yall over to Inch, right, that's for the Norries, right? They can go down there with their whippets and their bodice and their majorettes and, <laughs> and their Ford Capris and they can do it like. Then from there then to Garrettstown, that's for mediocrities with, um, from Bishopstown who couldn't afford a yacht. And then all the way down, but only Hinche is, is the one in between, right? That's a kind of a Norrie enc- enclave, Ballyfihan on Sea, right? So they can have that, but then anything west of there is, is for your fine So Barley Cove, for instance. But ba- ba- Borley Cove. Bor- you Borley. pronounce it correctly, would you? Now, Bor- I wouldn't be too keen on Borley Cove. It's full of kind of Douglas road stunners screaming about how much their I'm new Douglas chin road, so oh it shows and uh, how much your new chin costs you know so I, I'd be kind of maybe more the small coals that you wouldn't really know but I'd be able to bring the of a, a huge yacht so I'd be able to just sail the yacht in there I wouldn't go ashore in case I ran into anyone but particularly the kind of bog men well you wouldn't meet many bog men in West Cork it's mainly English people but you know so I'd, I'd kind of just bring the yacht in there and, uh, and, and lie there really so that's Barley Cove correct and as you go further west along then are you talking about Glandor are you talking about areas like Crookhaven yeah Crook obviously is, is the ideal place but again you know even early detection you're down in there in your shorts and your white knobbly knees in the summertime I beg you, your pardon we know I you gorgeous you legs no, I, have a, I have a brilliant sailing time talking no. as if you marbles in your mouth you see that's the mistake you're making none of us We. I was born I'm the most beautifully spoken person in all the world and I don't have to put on an accent you're putting on the classic notion of what people think is a posh cork accent which is very, very Douglas Road if you don't mind me saying so right <laughs> so the, I, I hardly ever go to Crookhaven now anyway because we have an early detection system in Goline to try and capture people coming in Douglas Road Types, right? You know, they'd be <laughs> roaring about their wealth and stuff. Uh, so I, I rarely go to, no, and obviously I never go to Kerry either. You know, <laughs> I understand you have a place in Kerry, is that right? I do. God, couldn't you afford Crookhaven? No. Oh, God. No, I was trying to get away from people like you, was the reason I went two and a half hours away in a car. Yeah, well, thanks. No, I appreciate it. <laughs> I mean, the last thing I want to be down is down in Baltimore coming up because characters like you 
your good self. You will again. You'd pronounce it Baltimore. Baltimore is, is the is correct pronunciation. <laughs> yes. Just, just again. I know you've been watching a lot of American television, <laughs> which you know very Douglas Road. Um, yeah. So, with that in mind, then you've decided to put on a show. Is that right? Do you think people will actually go? I, or do they have to be outsiders into that? I doubt it. I don't think anyone's going to go because it's in the everyman, so it's on the north side. <laughs> I've tried to get <laughs> the appropriate. I couldn't get a venue on the south side. The GA refused to give me Porky Queeve because they said the hurling was a game for East Cork types whose grandparents lived in a tree. You can't say anything these days. <laughs> but have you ever seen, have you been to Middleton? It's awful. So, but no, we've got the everyman. I'm very excited. An evening with Reggie is coming there. Uh, so it's, I think, March 31st we're kicking off. And we're going to let all sorts in in the end, you know, because you just can't block it. It's a bit like Omicron. Like they're going to get in either. But way. if they have a COVID pass to get in, you could have a COVID pass for Southsiders, couldn't you? you you will, absolutely. Well, no, we'll have a detection system, so we'll be able to detect bodies, right, on the breath of people. If they're, so they, and then we have a pen up the back where we put all the norries because the everyman, it's just handy fumigation afterwards. It's just much easier than you won't have to go around trying to figure out where they were sitting. Do you know what but I mean? will they get, will they, will they find it funny if you're mocking them, though, and they're not I from find the, the norries have a great sense of humour and you'd need it, right? So, I, do you know what's amazing, actually? I, do you know what's amazing about the norries? And I, I admire them for it in a way. They're proud to be from the north side. Which is fabulous, really, because you can say what you like about them, then they don't care. But you don't ever, do you ever stop to think about all of the famous people and the life-changing things that people from the north side have actually done? Hurlers and Taoiseachs. No, but I mean, yeah, it's so hot. Like. Hurlers, Taoiseachs, yeah. yeah. actors, uh, musicians, singers, uh, yeah. medics, the submarine. Was I know, but like the kind of professional classes. But the, the problem is, I suppose... The they pen work, pushers. Is yeah, that but they work for a living, you know what I mean, which is an People awful way to People built our be. houses, for instance, and everything. Uh, well, they didn't build mine. I can tell you that now straight away. They did not build mine. Uh, no, <laughs> I have a plumber I, call. If you had a faulty tap, though, would you have a... Oh, I've had, no, I've had problems with plumbers because once they determine, <laughs> once they figure out that I went to Prez, right, oh, they'll, first of all, they'll, they'll double the price and secondly, they can't come until Monday week. So, you know, class hatred, Neil. It's so straight away when they know your address, the price gets doubled straight away. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so I tell them I'm in Ballinlock because everyone knows people in Ballinlock haven't got a quid. You know what I mean? <laughs> do people do people pretend to be from Blackrock with a Ballinlock address? Like, like they oh, do? absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Or Ballintemple even. Like, you know, because there's Blackrock Road and there's Blackrock Road. You know, and, and then there's Black Rock and I always say to people you know that the road that goes to a place doesn't really isn't really the same as the place do you the, know what I mean the Black Rock Road you're talking about is the Black Rock Road houses that you can't see from the top of the bus you could exactly <laughs> yeah and just as well seeing as it's a 202 because you don't know what they'd be thinking looking in at you you know that crowd <laughs> so no absolutely that those ones you can only see those from a plane if you bank right which you don't and how will Reggie spell, spend Christmas now I mean what, will you be settling down with the family and oh, having no. will you be having Bunty in and the boys no we'll, we'll go to wait to Martinique um, which was the last thing is, well, I, how do I want some carol singers from man coming up to the door you know, but they're probably the, collecting for charity though that's why I'm going <laughs> so, well, where, where does that money end up again but another roundabout bit of sculpture and round but no Neil and what no. is, well, how's Marjorie I mean if she go to Martinique with you and everything no I'd probably go with, I've, I've, I've quite a few as I said like, I've quite an active love life I have to admit right? so Marjorie it's just I mean I, I've an open marriage right? I'm just picking a good time to tell Marjorie I haven't told her yet uh, so I'm going away with one of my open minded girlfriends from Copenhagen <laughs> Yeah, to Martinique. So don't be bothering me. Will you go with Sean McShawn McOshea O'Shea? See, this is what I was going to say to you. How do you put up with Kerry for your holidays? Because you know, yeah. No, I don't put up with it. I love it. You why? How could you? How do you ever try and get a straight answer out of a Kerry man? Yeah, it is and it isn't. Everything. I this guy Sean Mike Sean Mike O'Shea O'Shea moved in next to me. Uh, he he poor Flossie Hedrington. No, he used to own it, and Sean Mike convinced him that global warming meant that the river was going to rise, and his house would be worth less than a semi D up in Holly Hill. <laughs> so Flossie sold up at it, an absolute knockdown price, and I'm stuck with a Kerry neighbour. Oh, it's a nightmare, Neil. Absolute nightmare. Can you build a higher wall though? But he's after building a higher wall because he puts he's got an alpaca farm in there. You know the way the Kerry people. 
they're mad for kind of pet farms and everything. Everybody, and they've bronze standing stones in there. They all have them in their, their garden. You have to give them money to look at them. And oh, but you have someone in mind in the house when you're away, or will Paul Marge have to do it all when you're gone? Oh, no, we've a, we've a you know, high tech detection system, and I have a group of Israeli commandos in there anyway. Like, so, no, it's fine. There'll be no problem. No, so just in case you're thinking, for those of you peering in over the top of the 202, don't even think about it. Don't even start watching while. Can I give away some tickets for the show? Oh, do sure, yeah. People love stuff for free, don't they? <laughs> Especially in Douglas. Yeah. Do we? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. We'll open the phone lines now. we give away two double passes for Reggie, live at the Everyman Palace Theatre on the north side of the city. And it runs, when is it? 31st of March to the 1st 31st of April? 31st. And we've, we've loads of nights, actually. So it's 31st of March. Uh, oh, there's a preview. 16th oh, of April. Mother of God, you're there for over a fortnight. I know, yeah. I know. I like, yeah. I mean, it's awful. I'm 11 performances yeah absolutely absolutely yeah. Fantastic. I know. imagine all the shots I'm going to have to get well I mean obviously I'm coming in I'm, we're building a tunnel you know we're building a tunnel in there I'm not, I'm not going over the bridges or anything like that so I'll be straight in and out every night hopefully to minimise exposure well for what it's worth happy Christmas to you and all of the captains of Cork Industry to your long suffering wife good luck with the show we give away tickets now one 106 booking at the Everyman Palace Theatre that's right and online as well if you use the old internet yeah. and I, I look from all the people in the captains of Cork Industry seasons that's what we say on the Black Rock Road <laughs> cheers Reggie thanks so much it's good to finish with a good laugh and one final laugh before I love you and leave you a 350 euro voucher for um, the English market I don't know do you shop in the English market Reggie I do absolutely yeah early like so I don't meet no braggers like yourself you know get in early get out early that's my motto <laughs> All right, phone one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. We're looking for the longest ho ho ho. Enough said. Back after the break. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. Okay, well done to John Collins from Middleton. We have tickets for him for Reggie at the uh, Everyman Palace Theatre. I'll give away another couple of them tomorrow. But we're taking calls for ho ho ho. The longest ho could win you a three hundred and fifty or a voucher for the English market. Get dialing one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Claire, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Okay, you know the drill here now. It's on the third ho, so it's ho ho and then the long ho, okay? Okay. So in your own time, Brenda's on the clock, off you go. Ho ho ho. I don't think you took a big enough breath. <laughs> Not bad though. I mean, you actually surprised me. I have to say, I thought you'd have collapsed a lot sooner than that. And just not waiting bad. on a, not bad. No, not bad at not all. Not bad for a six-year-old. They're saying ten seconds here. Would you accept that? Uh, I don't mind. I'd accept whatever they say. Yeah, no, I... we take off the bit at the start, and then I, okay. So they're saying ten. So hang in there, Dermot O'Connor on the back Douglas Road. Dermot, good morning. Morning. Ah, surely be to God, ten seconds is easily beatable. What do you think? Well, I, if I don't, then you might just shoot me here. Huh? All right. Well, on the third hole, so it's ho, 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 and on and on and on. So in your own time.
time. Was that real? <laughs> Are you still there? What did Jim say? Did Jim say the age of I don't know. Was it Dermot? Was that real? Thirty-seven seconds, Claire. He got. I think. He, I think he's. I think he's actually collapsed. You know that. I think he is too. I think he wasn't even breathing. Neil. I don't know what it was. It was. It was a kind of a ho-ish. But it was thirty-seven. It was thirty-seven. No ho. Hang on a second, Dermot. Yeah. What happened? Did you collapse? I don't know what happened. I must just knocked off the button or something. Was that you? He knocked. Was that all you? Yes. Yes. You should be an underwater diver for a living. <laughs> I can't say that. <laughs> 37 seconds. That's an incredible length of time. Well done. Thank you, Neil. Thank you. Claire, I'm so sorry. Feel free to try again, but you'll have to do a lot better than 37 seconds to win, I'd say. Not a bother, bye. All right, girl. Anyway, Look after yourself. <laughs> Cheers. Bye-bye. Dermot, wouldn't it be an amazing thing if we could find somebody tomorrow to beat 37 seconds of hose? Well, I tell you, Neil... 37, I've done 50 seconds and never no practice one. Have you really, yeah? I have, yeah. <laughs> get a bit of, pra- you know, it, a bit of practice it, in today, right? And we'll see if you can do 50 seconds just for the laugh tomorrow. Okay. Well, actually, uh, yeah, I know. I just do ring it from work tomorrow, so hopefully I can do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Do because there's anyway you've won for today a 350 euro voucher for the English market so congratulations spend it well thanks very much Neil but yeah. I'd love to hear you do 50 seconds tomorrow all right yeah we'll never see any old cars we'll try that yeah. all right I'll take care yeah. well done cheers for that take care 50 seconds he says is doable 37 is a winner for today we have another 350 euro voucher to give away for the English market tomorrow our lines will stay open at one 104 106 you can text 0868 104 106 have a good day we'll pick it up in the morning thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content